up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 53 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Man, Amber. you're going to use ever-present like I didn't just miss the show last week? I'm impressed. That's... That's the joke, man, at this point. And it's like, like you're like, oh, you're you're the co-host. Like, in what way are you any more a co-host than anyone else? Does it make sense? No, but it's tradition, it, and that's important. It's I mean, in air quotes. I am an antagonist every week, so yeah, I get that going That's for me. accurate. That part is at least legit. Ah, and then joining us also today is my steadfast companion, Mr. Robert Thompson. Mm. Wow. I'm really glad you kept that. It's also be uh, you know good to know that my sous chef is, is here with us hosting the show. So we can, <laughs> we can make this work. Question. You're going to call me your sous chef after that? I call you I call you my steadfast companion. I say nice things about you. We had all this beef on Pals Play this week, and I still say nice shit about you. Come at, you come at me. And like now that. they have to watch Pals Play to see why I'm calling you that. Plugs. Mm. Boom. As, as steadfast right. companions, then- which of you is Kratos and which one is boy? <laughs> Uh, if you look at our God of War thumbnail, I'm obviously Kratos. I'm boy. <laughs> Thompson's my boy. And then we've also got the Advent Child, Miss Peggy Ford. Yeah, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and then also the Guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. Uh, so, as YouTubers may be seeing this week, Sean's webcam is messed up, so you're just going to have to look at his still pal head this week, but he's here, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, all I can see is a frozen still image of, of his face looking just severely disappointed, and based on how many technical issues we've had today, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's how I'm feeling. So, uh, but... We're going to soldier on. We're going to make it through. We've got a, we've got a good show today. Uh, we're going to kick it off the way we sometimes do by talking about what we've been playing. Uh, both Peggy and Thompson have been playing some new dorky-ass shit, and uh, I'm going to let them talk about it for some reason. So, uh, Thompson, why don't you start us off? Battletech uh, dropped this week, Yeah, right? yeah. This is the epitome of dorky. I know we talked about it before. It's obviously robots and all that uh, smashing each other. So, the game comes out. I love it. It's from Harebrained Schemes, the studio who did the Shadowrun Returns games. And uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy who basically created Battletech created Hairbrain Schemes, and now he gets to come full circle and make this game. So that's a neat little thing. But it was like he hadn't worked on the series in like several years. Oh no, right? no, because there, there's there's a ton of other games uh, that are out there for this, but they're not like you know his projects or anything like that. You sure. know, so uh, this is definitely adapted from the tabletop. It's turn based. Uh, it's like XCOM. Uh, it's hard as fuck, and. Uh, my luck be damned even when i play xcom games i'm usually pretty good about this shit and i usually like one or two losses and blow through them Uh, every round i lose a guy and i lose a mech and it's just not fucking fun to i mean i love it i'm saying but it's my team is getting killed every time so yeah it's like demoralizing to watch your fucking people just keep getting like murdered especially (laughs) when you drop like a brand new mech you're like this is an 80 ton beast it's gonna wreck face it gets killed in like you know the first round and you're like okay well that's great you know this is an 80 ton piece of trash yeah, I've, been, I've ran into a couple things that I just think are trash at this point. Regardless of all that, gameplay is fucking great. The graphics could be a little better, but I think they are fine for what it is. And uh, it's it's just like it's everything I wanted, but at the same time, like I haven't tried multiplayer yet, so that could be like really something big for it. The campaign is absolutely incredible for being a campaign. Like it has amazing cutscenes. 
Uh, it's actually yeah, you showed me some of them. The art yeah, is yeah. really, really pretty. It, it has like a kind of like um, it's like a comic, like painted kind of style to mm-hmm. it. It's really, really cool. But it's like those, like you know, when there's like it's like a two D image, but then they kind of raise it. Oh, so yeah. like it has depth and there's like movement. It's neat. It's it, it's a good fit for the the game. I think. Yeah, it's 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 very like um, like space epic kind of feel to it. You know, like they're telling like a nice story to it. Uh, I think I'm maybe about halfway through the campaign, and I've I've encountered like five of those little cutscenes already, and the game oh, is cool. sufficiently long enough because I haven't really gotten the like top tier max yet. I'm in like the 80 ton out of 100 range, and I'm no you know like as the game goes, you're gonna start getting better shit. But so far, man, I love it. You know, I highly nice. recommend awesome. it. You know, um, did they fix the issue that like I read in a lot of reviews where the combat animations are unskippable and kind of long? Did they make that skippable they're, yet? They're kind of long. I did read something that there is there's workarounds like in the settings to skip like either the enemy turns movement or other things to make it go quicker, but I didn't look at them personally yet, so I, I can't say for sure. But I read that there is stuff there to do it. I don't know how much okay. of it you can do. That's I just like, know that there's stuff there. That's my big and, issue yeah, in these kind of games long. is like after you see the like eight to ten animations they did the first time. Yeah, to watch like a fifteen second animation every attack is like okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, longest yeah, animations like... come from the walking, really. Mm. Yeah, I can see that slow ass mech walk. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're, they're, oh, they're surprisingly quick. They're surprisingly quick, like they go do 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 like that, you know. And like if you get a yeah. fifty ton or something like that, like jump jets, and you you know, like su- it doesn't take long in a battle to get combat going like you might have literally one turn of positioning before the shit starts and in XCOM you might even have three or four turns before you even run into the first thing I've seldom had a fight where it's just a straight fight that I haven't almost always been right on top of the enemy so it's just a matter of like sometimes it takes a little bit long especially if they get reinforcements twice and it's like oh my god I'm in the same spot getting fucking pounded to death for 24 turns (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just like I feel like games like that just need, like, a fast-forward button. Like, that was one of the yeah. things that was really good about... Um, XCOM has that, right? Because I know Mario, well, um, Mario plus Rabbit. Yeah, they, they have, like, uh, things to speed it up a little, you know? And there's, like, mods yeah. you can download, too. And I think... I'm not... Again, I didn't look, but I think this game has uh, mod support. So I'm 100% sure if there is, or even workshop stuff soon. Yeah, uh, that someone's yeah, done that. someone's going to do that. There, there's always a fix for somebody making these types of games go much quicker. So, uh, you know, personally, I don't usually do it. Uh, I might trim a couple things, but yeah, it's all good to me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mind a game with a slower pace every once in a while. Mm. It's nice to have a little, little room to breathe. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I actually am reading a book while I like play or like, I'm like usually reading something else now. Cause like, <laughs> no, I mean like I read like a, a song and then I go back to a turn, you know? And then like, I, you know, like, I don't know, man. It's whatever. <laughs> no, I totally get it, man. Like I, I used to do that with um with Final Fantasy fifteen. Like I would play it while I was editing. Yeah, because I it's like, well, I gotta fucking sit and let them drive for like twenty minutes, so I'll fucking edit a video or whatever. Or, yeah. You know. It's like fucking. So when you put in your Final Fantasy seven C D and just jam out with your boys. Yeah, but I hit a point like fifty hours in where like I'm sick of listening to this these soundtracks. I hit a point hundred hours in where I was sick of listening to the soundtracks. I was listening to like podcasts and stuff and just pretending it was on the radio, you know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> just pause it whenever they start talking. That's adorable. I never thought of that. It's good. 
All right, cool. Um, so yeah, no, Thompson and I, we talked about maybe doing a stream of, of Battletech or something like that. So if you guys maybe want to see us, check it out. Let us know, and uh, maybe we'll make some videos about it. Um, so, Peggy, you got a chance to uh, play uh, what some TV game. Yeah, right? so... What's, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> Defy You? Defy, yep. Defy You, Defy Me, yeah. Defiance is what it's actually called. Okay. Uh, uh, right. Let me take you guys back to 2009. When oh, this boy. game, why? <laughs> because that it was a good year. Wait, Peggy, no, you've wasn't. had time travel powers this whole time, and you're gonna use it to it. show us about defiance. Look, I'm so okay. she had the time stone. That's what she would she do. Had yeah, the that's the problem. Stone. Or she's like, yeah. I'm gonna go back in time and stop slide okay, forward. No, like, first use off, your powers for something more first interesting. Off, first off, if I had fucking time travel, I would get Mike and HD to get together and wear her because we all know that was supposed to be fucking canon. And secondly, yeah, no slide forward. But anyway, so <laughs> Defiance 2050, that is the beta that I was in. Uh, I was actually in apparently last uh, weekend, but I didn't know that because it was in my fucking spam folder for no reason. So, <laughs> showed up this weekend, and I was like, okay, cool. So, basically what happens is you are an arc hunter who hunts arc cores, kind of in the name, um, and you have, like, this implant that's basically, like, ghost except a woman, and you can, s and, like, she, uh, she appears as a holographic every once in a while. Peggy, are you okay. sure you're not playing arc survival evolved? <laughs> No. Or Borderlands. <laughs> no, 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 no. Was, I know, Cortana? I know I'm not playing either of these because I've played this game before because it's the exact same as OG Defiance from 2009. It is literally the same game. The entire tutorial level is a testament to it because I remember the tutorial level like as if it was yesterday, which oddly enough it was because that's when I started playing the beta. Uh, but like literally the exact <laughs> same game. You're not missing anything. Um, outside of the new weapon system, serviceability, which is nice, and uh, your perks and, like, your classes are no longer narrative-based. So, like, originally, if I remember correctly, it was, like, uh, you had, like, you were an outcast or you were in the army and then you got out or something like that. Now it's, like, assault, ranger, combat medic, and defender, I believe, are the, are the four classes that were previewed, but you can only place assault in this because I guess. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like, I loved the OG Defiance. I paid full price for everything, and I am ashamed to say it. But, uh, it turned free-to-play, like, I want to say less than a year after I paid for it. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, it was, uh, like, seven or eight months oh. at best. Yeah, it was seven or eight months, yeah. My god, every, everything about this, like, it makes me so upset. Because it's literally what you're describing is an abusive relationship with this terrible, shitty IP. Look, and then look, they re-release this same dumbass game. Look, and you're just fucking shoveling that shit right hey, back down. The way this makes me look. feel is Sean's frozen face. I am a, I am a simple bisexual. If Jamie Murray is in something, I'm gonna fucking play it, okay? That's what it comes down to with me. But yeah, oh. so Jamie Murray's in this, kind of, not really, at from what I saw. She's not in it at all in the beta, that sucks. But yeah, I originally started watching Defiance, and I started getting into it because Jamie Murray, who plays H.G. Wells in Warehouse 13, uh, and, and uh, uh, someone on Dexter, whose name I forget, Lila? Lila West. She was H.G. Wells on Warehouse 13? She was. Oh my god! <laughs> and true to form, she I does. love that but show. <laughs> it was a great show! Micah and, and Helena shouldn't have gotten together, but we're not here for this. So, Defiance. Uh, it's, it's literally the same game. Uh, the controls are, I would argue, a lot smoother. Although, if you aim five feet above someone's head, and you go onto, like, you aim down sights, uh, it snaps to the person's head. Like, the, the aim support 
on PC, specifically, that's the only time I played the beta, is insane. It makes it me can... feel like a god. If if that is your definition of controls better, I have no idea. I don't even want to know what the original. I also game played on like. PS3, so like that also does not help my okay. my case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, server server stability was a big issue back then. It is not a problem in the beta, at least as far as I could tell. There were like fifty people in like the big like event thing called like one of the like mega arc fall things, which is basically like a big public public event. Um, and sure. I had no issues at all with playing that. Like there weren't any frame cool. drops. Connectivity was fine. Um, and, but the, the, the main problems that I have are, A, this is literally the game that I played in 2009 when I was a freshman in high school, and B, Oh, God, uh, you're young. I can't even, I feel like her math is off. 2009? <laughs> 2009, 2012, yeah. No, that's, that's freshman in high school. Okay. Yeah. You're two years younger so than class I feel like her math conversation. is off about when she was in high school. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Oh my but god. Also, the main gripe I want to say about this game. Am I is, like a decade uh, older than you now? The driving. <laughs> We're going to get through this goddamn thing one way or another. The driving is terrible. And it was terrible in the first game. But I thought it was just because I was on console. No, the driving is shit. Like, you can't, like, <laughs> it's just so bad. Like, the you have to, like, lightly tap your D and A. Otherwise, you will absolutely, like, go in circles. Like, do a full, like, Dude, donut. Oh, Why no. are you playing this game? Because I like the I game. I like the OG game. And, like, it was it was a good... It's Jamie Murray, all right? Look, but... I absolutely remember the driving from the first one. I really... I remember that. I remember clicking, yeah. like, you know, for half one second, just tapping in. I'm just like, I'm fucking gone. But, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny because, Peggy, you're just like, well, all right, they added some new stuff and they changed some of the systems. But, like, really what I'm realizing is this game is worse than I remember remember <laughs> like, <laughs> every game is worse than you remember that's why i never go back to slide three but like it's it's a very like i don't know i i legitimately like the beta like despite all my gripes like for a uh for a free-to-play game or a game that's going to be free-to-play like it's cool to just kind of shoot stuff up and just kind of hang out for a little bit because that was what i was doing in the og defiance anyway um but yeah so like would I would say if you are, like, if you remember Defiance and you liked it, then try it out. Wow. See what, see what you Ringing think. endorsement review. Peggy Ford. Right? Ringing endorsement. If you remember this obscure show that no one liked or watched and you liked Although, it. I will say, I will say, by the way, uh, uh. You get like new like skins and all that jazz for your character, and you can play it as a human, a Rathian, or Castathan, which is basically the same thing from the last one. Um, and you still get those outfits that you get for like completing story missions. So one of them is the Nolan mission, but like the Nolan who's the main guy, but it's in the like the female version, and you look like H.G. Wells. I am not kidding. So I'm like, I am here for that. I just, oh my I just God. really like. <laughs> look, my gay, my gay is showing. I apologize, but like. It's, Don't it's apologize. A I just like I, I, I don't just, know. I feel like there's better uses of your game oh, there are. than this game. <laughs> oh, there absolutely are. But I'm just saying, while it's here. <laughs> I need to get the HG Well skin, okay? Look, you actually, just don't no, understand. no, I hit it right before we started recording this podcast. I was like, sweet, done. But yeah, uh yeah. If you again, so if you liked the game originally and you just want a game that's just kinda like a very casual shoot 'em up. That is also bad. That, it's not <laughs> terrible. 
It's it's like it's okay, a game. Listen, listen. The official stance of this podcast is nobody should play this fucking game. All right, no, 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 we're no, moving no, no, no. on. It's, it's the free A team to play. of You've games. You've got nothing to lose here. You have your time to lose here. There are so many games to play. Don't waste it on Defiance. Peggy doesn't even like it. I listen like to it. it. I said I like it. <laughs> Peggy's in an abusive relationship right. with it. <laughs> You you all heard what she had to say. You take take what you're gonna take away from it. And if you for some reason play Defiance, you gotta write in and let us know what your experience is, because we need a third party's opinion on this one. Because Peggy obviously she's she's so she's got Stockholm what? syndrome with this. No. <laughs> so if you wanna let us know what you're thinking about Defiance, uh, you can write in to us at the video game pals at gmail.com. Or talk to us about how much you like HG Wells. I'm okay with that too. Let's go. Oh, that, that we're all let, good for. Um, let me phrase it a little differently than Pete did. If you play Defiance and aren't playing it because you're thirsty, like Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. You can write in to us. And uh, if you're not a jerk, you'll have your thoughts read on the air. Um, so you can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Stay up to date with all the cool stuff we've got going on here at The Pals Network. Um, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff. we got our fucking Avengers Affinity uh, War. There you go. I almost said Gauntlet. Uh, Infinity War review just went up, or should have just gone up yesterday. And uh, we did a book club last week, so we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, go check that stuff out. If you're an audio listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you'd give us a like on your platform of choice, or if you really want to help the show out, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated show, and you can give us a rating. It really does help us out. Uh, if you're a YouTube viewer, you'll, you can uh, do us a solid by liking the video, uh, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, ringing the bell if you are a subscriber so you actually get notifications when our videos go live, because YouTube is on fire. And last but not least, the best thing you can do to help out the show is just share it with your friends, let them know that we're out here, and that you're enjoying what we're doing and uh, you think that they might enjoy it too so with that it's time for a little uh segment i like to call the random question of the week i'm deaf now that didn't peak Man. you're weak apparently <laughs> i'm talking to andy on that one andy is weak your shit's weak andy yeah i like i halfway through i like killed the volume because i just bullshit. see andy's like whole body clench he's just like <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. i like i have my like my personal output volume up really high to hear Thompson. <laughs> Alright, I'll have to keep that in mind. Well, you see, uh, I can't balance all my stuff, and you can't balance his stuff, and Pete can't... And, and Pete's God Italian! There were a lot of technical <laughs> issues, okay? It's real talk. Mm. Uh, so, um, this week's random question, uh, I had... And I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion I might know what Peggy's going to say. But Peggy's question a few weeks back about uh, ultimate video game sidekicks, which turned into ultimate video game pets slash robots because <laughs> she changed the rules halfway through, yeah, got me thinking about good video game companions. And I wanted to ask you guys, uh, if you could choose any video game companion to be your one true love, who would it be? H.G. Wells like... is not in a fucking game, you assholes. Also, Andy, you're a dick. <laughs> Is this like waifu material that has to? Like, yeah, it's waifus, mm. basically, man. Oh. Yeah, it's like who's who's Ooh. your who's your one and waifu only? for waifu? This is easy. Yes, that's 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 like near impossible. <laughs> My answer is uh, Bastila from uh, Ooh, solid, Knights solid, of the solid. Republic. Word. I thought that's where you were gonna go. Yeah. Oh, Pete. Hey. Yeah. So why? Why? Because she's the best. Uh, <laughs> first of all, yeah, like Bastila. Am I right? <laughs> Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Exactly. Can we kick him out? 
Uh, she is extremely powerful. Uh, she takes no shit, which I really like. Um, but she does have, you know, uh, there is, there is a softness to her underneath the, the rough exterior, you know, um, but she's a badass, you know, she has the, um, the dual bladed or the double edged lightsaber, which up until that point, you'd only really seen in the Phantom Menace. So that made her cool. And she has battle meditation and she's the only person who has battle meditation, which empowers all the all the 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 uh, soldiers in her army, which makes her even better. So uh, there's nothing wrong with Basila. Uh, she's flawless, and that's what I like. That's what I like in my women. No flaws. No, not, not in my women. In in my people, you know. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, I, Humans, say, I don't know about all. Know, of them. Not just women. On this show, it's a little bit. But, you know, hey, I appreciate that, Sean. Um, all right. Anybody else got one they want to jump out with? I got one. Uh, but Tokyo's Shujin High School senior class president, Makoto Nijima. How uh, old is she? <laughs> she's like 18. Also, she's like 18. <laughs> it's it's like, Persona. It's I heard, fine. I heard high school and immediately went, yeah. what? Uh, Persona's <laughs> about being a high schooler. In- in in this example, Andy is also fictionally a Japanese teenager. It's true. <laughs> um, I don't know. She's like just about my all time like party member from a JRPG. Her persona is a goddamn nuclear motorcycle. It's true. <laughs> Which is what? the silliest thing. Yep. How does that work? It's a nuclear powered mar- like Fallout had them. You know. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm stuck on. You said her persona is a motorcycle what is, what is that mean? yeah so in like in the persona games when all, all your party members like discover they can use persona powers it's like persona 5 everyone has like a famous historical like trickster so like some famous thief from fiction or like the one girl's got carmen from the opera carmen um and makoto's is the the female pope who was a lady yeah, that. that pretended to be a man until she was named Pope. And then they discovered she was a lady and burned her at the stake. Um, oh. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the Middle Ages were bad. And somehow that's represented as a nuclear-powered motorcycle. Wow. Yep. I. That's really the best explanation I can give you. So, excuse my ignorance, but in Persona games, you're saying that the characters, uh, em- like they can embody the the personality. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see. I see where your yeah. confusion. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they're per- like uh, personas are like they're sort of like summons in Final spirits. Fantasy games. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and it's like representative of your personality yeah. in some way. Like I remember in um. Like, in my limited experience with Persona 5, like, the first um, female companion you get is, like, <clears throat> the popular girl who, like, everybody, like, sexualizes and, like, that bothers her. And, like, her persona is, like, her in this, like, devil costume and it's, like, supposed to be about her, like, you know, not allowing other people to make her feel uncomfortable about her sexuality and not, like, objectify her. Um, so it's, like, always supposed to be something that's, like, about their deeper, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. issues or whatever. Yeah. So Makoto's, Makoto's best girl. Makoto's best girl. 
uh, failing that, uh, Tali from Mass Effect. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, that actually, I'll take that into mind because Tali is um, one of my two picks. Yeah, so I had Tali um, or Leliana from Dragon Age. And it's um, just for, like, similar reasons of... Um, well, yeah, it's like Leliana's a little bit different. Like, with Leliana, it's, like, specifically... I, re- I really like that she's, like... She's a bard, so it's, like... She's, like, got all these great stories. Like, she's well-traveled. She's had a lot of, like, great experience. Like, she was one of the characters I found, like, most interesting to talk to in, like, the going and sitting at the camp scene and you're supposed to talk with all your friends and stuff. It's, like, it would I would always love getting to, like, listen to Leliana, like, tell me the history of the world and everything like that. Um... Which is, like, super lame that I'm just like, well, it's, like, it's just the most romantic experience I ever had with a video game character, you know? Like, I was really into it. But Dragon Age 1 Um, has some of the best romantic storylines for every character. Any video game. Yeah, Yeah, but, like, like, not just one character, like, just about everyone in the game. Dragon Age 3, Mm. Cassandra, don't at me. No, and it's, like, it's not to say that the other ones aren't as good, but Dragon Age Origins does such a good job of, like... Like, I remember I read this opinion piece around it came, when it came out that was just, like, talking about how it promoted really healthy uh, attitudes about sexuality because, like, it doesn't treat, um, like, not to, like, make a dig at Persona, yeah. right? But, like, it, there's a very gamification of, of relationships in Persona. And, like, that is true in Dragon Age because it's a game, so there are obviously systems and numbers that play into stuff. But, like, the, the point that it was making was it's really cool how, like, the four central love interests, like, you don't... It's not, like, a threshold of, like, you get to this relationship level with them and then you can have sex. It's literally based on their attitudes about sex and sexuality, you know? Like, um, Alistair, who's, like, the, you know, reserved, you know, knight guy is, like, the one who's the hardest to get that to that level of intimacy with. Um, so I, I just think that game in general did a really good job with relationships and like Leliana's character just really spoke to me for some reason. And, um, she's always like had a special place in my heart. So that's my, that's my pick. And then yeah, Tali yeah, be the backup because she's also super awesome. And just like, instead of being like this well-traveled, like creative poet or whatever, she's just like a fucking genius. So both of them would be, would be good for a stimulating conversation. Not as cool as Bastila, though. <laughs> well, all right, it's not a fucking competition, bro. <laughs> the four of us can go out to dinner, and like, she can fucking give us meditation powers or whatever, right? I really want to know <laughs> why didn't Bioware let me romance HK forty seven in Kotor? <laughs> That's the real question. Because you're a meat bag. That's why. That's right, Thompson. You would <laughs> never ever want to be with a meat bag. <laughs> all right, uh, Peggy. What about you? I don't, like, I don't think I, like, I don't, this is legitimately hard, because I've never thought of any character, and this includes H.G. Wells, I want to point out, like, H.G. Wells is just, like, goals, like, not, not anything else, <laughs> but, fair. like, I legitimately have never thought of, like, a character and go, oh, I want her to be my wife, or husband, depending, Asbando. mostly wife, but, like, it's just, like, I've never Peggy, go thought play of Fire a character. Emblem Awakening and then... No. That's not going to awaken anything in me, I promise. But, like, <laughs> it's just, like, I've never, I've never thought. No, no, I get it. What you're saying is you're not as big of a loser as us. I understand. I it's guess, fine. like, if I'm we Peggy, have to, I'm if we cool. have to go there, I mean, like, in Skyrim, I always went for, for Lydia. Um, is that the, the Huntress no, lady? No, that she's is the guy Aelia the first Yarl, like, sends along with you, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. She's oh, she yeah. carry your burdens. Yeah, that one. Uh, I liked her. I mean, like, she... I killed her by When accident. it comes to, like... Real, <laughs> fuck you. It was so tragic. She, like, we were out in this thing, and we got attacked by bears, and, like, I think I Fusro daughter to death, and I was just like, no! God damn it. Like, <laughs> See, like... Wow. I don't know. Like, I, I really appreciated the, like, sarcasm that she had. So she had a little bit of a bite. Like, whenever, like, you were like, hey, carry stuff for me, instead of her being the one to be like, yeah, sure, she'd be like, I am sworn to carry your burdens. Like, that's my oath, <laughs> I guess. And it's just like, I appreciate that. Because it, it's it's like, I know you're not my pack mule. You're gonna be. But, like, I know you're not. And, like, I don't know. Like, when it comes to, like, I, I like, yeah, no. I've never seen, like, a character in any, like, genre, really. And went, like, yeah, that's gonna be my wife. Or that's gonna be, like, my husband or something. Like, just never, it has never occurred to me. Despite, like, seeing it everywhere online. dorky-ass RPGs. What? <laughs> so you gotta play more dorky-ass RPGs I played like Final us. Fantasy VII Crisis Core. How dorky can I get? Uh, you didn't play X2? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I did play, no, I only played, I only played 10. I didn't play X2. <gasps> X2 seemed weird. But yeah, no, I've never, I've, I bad. guess, I guess Lydia? Because that's who I chose in Skyrim? Is really okay. my only my only choice here. Solid, yeah, it's fair. What about you, Thompson? Likewise, this is a like monumental yeah, right? Herculean task, and like just blows my mind. Wait, but, wait, is it because you have too many, or is it because you don't have any? Oh, I have too many. Oh goddamn! <laughs> I've played Thompson's a million games. Got many a waifu. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I get one for every game that has a girl in it, pretty much. If there's one girl, that's the waifu for the game. So you know, you got you got to go through basically <laughs> everything I've ever played, which is like. Just insane. I do have one that sticks out pretty well. Um, in the same vein as like Bastila and stuff. Uh, early in my youth, playing Baldur's Gate games, the Dark Elf, Viconia, Devere. I know you guys didn't play these games, but I love Drow. I love Dark Elves, all that crap. And she's in both games for Baldur's Gate one and two. Just like my, this is my ride or die companion. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no matter what party yes. I made, no matter what. Uh, class, it doesn't matter. Uh, she was in every group, and she's neutral evil. Uh, it's like, it's perfect for it's me. You know, I always, yeah, I mean, I usually play, like, lawful evil, or, like, you know, somewhere there, and it's just like, yeah, she's fine. She's cool with everything you do, as long as you're not, like, a straight-up good guy. And, like, I never was being a good guy when I played those games, so. No No way. shock. Um, yeah, man, I, I, it's gotta be her, because, uh, just, like, I think about it, I must have played those games a hundred times over, and she was there every time. And uh, I love my drow, so why not? There you go. All right, cool. So uh, remember, if you want to write in and let us know uh, who your video game waifu or husbando is or give us a random question for next week, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Get us in the comments down below or follow at the comics pals at, on Twitter, whatever, and, you know, hit us up. Let us know. All right. So with that, I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! Alright, so we've got a packed list this week, and honestly, like, I don't even know how many there are, because I got, like, a fucking Nintendo Rock Block that's got, like, five subcat. so it's a lot. It's a lot of news. Let's fucking do it. Pete, hold up. I'm really happy for you, and I'm gonna let you finish, but your news notes don't have Blizzard's new project on them? What? We have breaking news? We have news? breaking news! B-b-breaking story, everyone! We've got a developing story here. It looks like Blizzard is making a new shooter. This comes from Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, Brock Wilbur wrote this. Uh, you know, it's pretty funny, so I'm just gonna read it. 
Back in 2016, Blizzard started hiring for a new first-person game by grabbing a couple of artists and moving Dustin Broder, the director of StarCraft II, from his role on Heroes of the Storm to work as the director for the unannounced project. A new job post on Blizzard's career site shines uh, site shines more light on what is probably not Overwatch 2. The listing says that Blizzard are, quote, looking for a talented and experienced senior or principal designer to develop weapons and abilities in, quote, action or first-person shooter games, unquote. They also want to hire a person who has a passion for playing and creating PvP games game experiences so strap in for starcraft galaxy royale or not but we can all speculate wildly and we will the job posting has a fairly high background requirements as you can read here i uh, will link to that down below uh if you feel like throwing your hat in the ring a minimum of five years in the industry as a project lead previously shipped triple a title about what you'd expect to find and then he's got a little quote here it says as a senior or principal designer you'll work with numerous departments to shape the core gameplay experience for this unannounced project by defining the abilities powers and weapons our players will use the ideal candidate will design and implement great game experiences while helping to foster a creative and energetic environment you have proven experience in game design, a strong aptitude for critical thinking and analysis, outstanding people skills, boundless creativity, and extensive knowledge and passion for competitive first-person shooter games. So, um, sounds like they're making a, you know, first-person PvP, what, what, what? Peggy from Memesville, what do you got Hey, what's me? up? It's not gonna be Overwatch Battle Royale, I'm just gonna cut that down immediately, but... We'll see! But, hang on, what I can see, what I can see, is set... With the art and design of Overwatch, probably like a me like in an AU sort of fanfic version where the Omnic War destroyed everyone except like oh I don't know three percent of the population. Where have we heard that before Fortnite? Uh, and now everyone's just like yeah fuck it let's just kill each other and see what happens. And like I could see basically Fortnite but in the Omnic Crisis equals this battle royale game if they do and a battle royale because i can definitely see that being a thing especially with how popular they are and especially with the fact that with i've mentioned this before but the cycle of battle royales uh fortnite is coming up on when other games have fallen uh which H h1z1 PUBG, the arma mods to an extent um so Just now means radical Lights has its time now <laughs> but like if blizzard Let's puts their it. hand in it i think that's definitely a a emotion to a different stage of the development of this genre and i can definitely see a, a world where it's very similar in cartoon style as fortnite but also as overwatch um and i, I just i could see that being a thing if they really go battle royale um but i also can't see them go anything that would threaten the overwatch ecospace so i can't see them doing another fps that isn't a battle royale because of Overwatch, because of the Overwatch League specifically. Yeah, like, why cannibalize your own game? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go a completely different track than the Battle Royale. I'm going to go with uh, Blizzard made the Blizzard client, I think is what they call it now, and not Battle.net, right? <sighs> yeah. I they changed it back. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. Good. Um, they made that the home of Destiny 2, which, as far as I know, did not do very well. And... Like Destiny, yeah, people were not I don't think it was super of. successful on PC. Um, given the like the every event for Overwatch, we get a PVE instance that like increases in scale. I could see like an Omnic Wars Destiny kind of thing. Yo, are you telling that we actually get lore in fucking Overwatch? Holy no. shit, Pete! No, no Pete, I will delete that's you. <laughs> Wow. Can't delete me. Um, I'm in the fucking system. You try to look at me like I'm not the glitch. I am the system. No, but like actual like 
a story mode in Overwatch is something that's been like something that people really have wanted. And that would be Yeah, hype. and because it's something people have wanted, if they can make it a separate game, charge 60 bucks for it and people would pay it. I'm in. I just I don't I don't think that that's going to be the direct, I like I I can't say that that wouldn't happen, but I I'm I'm inclined to think that it's going to be a battle royale. Like I just feel like that's the trend right now. And this seems a little late to be starting a battle royale. I, mean, I think it's I think it's right. I think it's the right time. Yeah, it? it's t- like it's it, I feel like we're just going to start seeing the AAA wave of battle royales now, you know? Um we're going to talk a little bit more about uh the Call of Duty stuff in our meat and potatoes this week, but yeah, I mean, I I think like I think that trend is really only just getting started. You know? And um the really like Fortnite is killing it right now, but like we saw PUBG, soon it will like, be radical wait. heights no, turn. No, 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 also, no. it's like you don't know. But like, I don't, I don't necessarily think Fortnite's going anywhere. Fortnite. But it's the thing of just like there's still room for other people to come up and become correct the Pepsi's. Fortnite is killing it right now because there are no triple AAA, AAA titles contesting it. That is yeah, where I'm. It's seeing. the only one. Yeah. So and it's, it's, it's not even it's not even triple like A. It's not even triple A. It's it's well, a separate. It's not a well known company basically. But like Epic is a well known company. Oh, I forgot it was Epic. Shit. Yeah. It's like not they made that well game for known. six years for several million dollars. It's a AAA game. It's not as well known as Blizzard, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If Blizzard or hell, even if Riot somehow decides, hey, we're gonna do this, like that is huge for the scene, and that will be very that'll that'll be a very very strong contender that I would bet very good money on. Uh, Dethrones Fortnite. In probably yes, Thompson a Fortnite, from the Land of Darkness. Enough. What? Oh, I was just and, tracking. Like, even. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, I do have something as well, but like... it's not related to Battle Royales. <laughs> um, even if it, like, w- didn't dethrone it, like, I think, because, like, Heroes, right, like, didn't dethrone the other MOBAs, but it was able to come out and, like, make a niche for itself. Yeah. You know, and, like, become profitable. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if they were to, like, jump their, throw their hat into the, the ring, as it were, with the Battle Royale, it's like, you have to imagine they would find success. Yep. And, uh, Especially to, like, have one that would be primarily FPS. Yeah. Like, that, you know, like, all of them are third-person. You know, like, PUBG has a first-person mode, but it'd be interesting to see a Battle Royale game that's designed specifically with that in mind. Yeah, and most people, like, from what I have seen, like, the professional esports scene anyway, most people really do prefer FPSs because you don't get that corner cheating. You don't get a lot of things that you can kind of cheese through a third-person perspective. So, like... I could see, like, if especially if they do decide to go the first-person route with this, like, I think it could be really, really beneficial to Blizzard to start that up, as well as start up their own esports league, because apparently people are willing to drop $20 million on, on at the time, a hope and a dream and some bubblegum. And, like, I can I could see them starting to make, like, really big profits with the Battle Royale scene, especially now when we're seeing uh, people only starting the professional scene. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of room for growth in that market, and I that's why I think it's a Battle Royale game. Because, like, I think what Andy's saying, like, there's probably... I think that that makes sense, like, as, a, as an idea, but I think because Activision has Destiny, they're probably not interested in developing another game like that, whereas, like, Activision doesn't have a Battle Royale, and that's the hot thing right now, and if they could come out and get in on that money and see even half the success they saw with Overwatch, that would be worth it. You know, and they'll make they'll make that money. I mean, because Overwatch was insanely fucking profitable. It's also Blizzard's mo to do this, right? Like Warcraft was like a reaction to Command and Conquer, 
uh, uh, World of Warcraft was a reaction to all the MMOs that were out at that time. Like EverQuest, I right. guess, EverQuest. right? Like, oh, uh, Over, Overwatch was a reaction to all the FPSs. TF2? Bl- Blizzard Battleborn, doesn't... I guess? No, I mean, I, I would say, like, yeah, TF2, really. Yeah. Like... Bl- Blizzard doesn't really do original things in that sense. Whatever's hot at the time, they, they learn from everybody else, and then they come out and do their own version that, you know, your mileage may vary, but a lot of people think is better than what's out at the time. So, yeah, there's no question in my mind that they would develop uh, a Battle Royale game. It just makes sense. Likewise. Um, I, I do yeah, think it's probably a Battle Royale game, but a 1% of me wants to believe or like has to at least think that like the old StarCraft uh, ghost thing that they did, which was going to be like the PS2 title for basically first-person shooter where you play StarCraft stuff. Oh, uh, I remember that. that yeah, the yeah. thing about that is it, like they rolled in the character uh, Nova and all that bullshit into StarCraft 2 already. But, like, if they ever want to do, like, a PvP StarCraft thing, that would be fucking cool as hell, man. Like, I would totally play that shit because, like, you could get 3D different races with all the units in there. There's at least, like, 50-something characters you could shove in, you know? It doesn't have to be... Um, I mean, that that's, like, that would work as a battle royale. I mean, that's just, like, everyone's killing each other anyway. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be pulled from Overwatch. Like, but I could see something being a battle royale. And the only two I could see would be, like, Overwatch and possibly if they ever wanted to revive that pipe dream of a, of a StarCraft I think, thing, I think it's probably going to be a new IP, though. I mean, it could you know? be. Like, Activision's behind the scenes, and they make first-person shooters for a living mostly. So, you know? They have they have destiny just, and they have like COD with, with, all that other crap. Yeah, so, that's a good point. You know, it's like yeah, that's actually interesting. What? That's an interesting wrinkle that they would own both of them. Then yeah, I mean they but that's the, that's the thing that's like they already make those other FPSs. They're in that league, you know, to to battle royale from something a Blizzard title or any Blizzard IP. It makes sense, uh, new new yeah. or otherwise. I could see this being a match made in heaven. I just feel like Blizzard usually like, with the exception of like Warcraft. Like, you don't usually see their IP, like, cross genres, you know? It's, like, when they make, like, StarCraft is their RTS. Like, WoW is now their MMO. Like, you know, they've got Hearthstone for the card stuff. And Hearthstone, I guess, is, like, in the that same world. So I guess maybe you could have something like that. I don't know. But I I feel like in my gut that I, if it was, like, if they are doing this brand new thing, it'll probably just be a new thing. But Hey, that'd know. be cool. Well, actually, I would say that, again, Blizzard has a history of doing that. Um, Heroes of the Storm is all these characters who don't fit in that world naturally in that world. Uh, Starcraft Ghost, I think it was called, was a game that they were making at one point. That's that's the the PS2 one I was talking about. Right. Yeah, the FPS you were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they do that all the time. (laughs) Hmm. It's interesting, man. It's interesting. I'm I'm excited to see where this one goes. I think... uh, Anytime Blizzard does something new, it's obviously always it gets people talking. But uh, it's Blizzard, <laughs> it, and it's like Overwatch was what three years ago now. It's like eh, maybe it is time for a new game. So that'd be cool. We'll see. Uh, so keeping in the the loose conversation about esports we just had there, um, PUBG Corp has announced that it will host the first official esports tournament for Player Unknown's Battlegrounds later this year. Uh, the PUBG Global Invitational is going to be in, uh, or it's sorry, it's the PUBG Global Invitational 2018 uh, is going to be taking place in Berlin uh, from July 25th to the 29th. There's going to be 20 professional teams competing for a $2 million prize pool, which is pretty big. Uh, and then there's going to be two final teams that are selected as world champions, one for uh, first person perspective and then one for third person. Nice. So that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. Because 
I'm interested to see like d- does one team take a million and the other one takes the other million? Or, that seems to be the case, right? Like, but you'd think that that the prize pool is probably also going to be like I would imagine some of the other losers would get money too that usually happens so it's interesting it's it's like i just wanted to clarify that it's not like the winner gets two million dollars it's collectively that's how much i think no get yeah I, th- I think it's collectively uh and then the the top two the top well top one but in each perspective gets the yeah. lion's share but like uh i don't know then again it is a battle royale so like winner take all that'd be well, very so interesting it's two million dollars cool. of chicken dinners that's it. a lot of chicken <laughs> a lot of chicken um so yeah the teams that are going to be able to qualify are going to be participating in regional tournaments in north america europe and asia uh that's kind of all the details we have for right now but uh they said that we can expect more news about it soon um this is interesting because i think like peggy said like there really hasn't been an established kind of like scene for like any of the battle royale games that's like really come up like i, I know they held a thing last year in berlin that was like smaller yeah smaller prize uh, GamesCon, uh gamescon 2017 was one uh there yeah. was like a charity invitational but they made it very very clear that it was not esports it was just a competitive game and a video game okay and then uh uh also uh the h1z1 pro league is currently on which is for h1z1 king of the kill uh, which is that one that was in between PUBG getting started and the Armor Three, Armor Two mods uh, that uh, Brandon Green, also known as Player Unknown, consulted for. Uh, but it's currently only on Facebook. Like they stream exclusively on Facebook, uh, and I think there was like ten thousand people watching at one point, and I think that was really the peak. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, there isn't a professional league for for battle royales just yet. Uh, so this is going to be also the first PUBG Corp sanctioned tournament. No, no, no. That was the thing. They held one last year. That thing I said in Berlin. They held. They held one that had a three hundred and fifty thousand dollars prize pool. They mentioned it in the article I linked. But down I below. don't think that was like like PUBG hosted rather PUBG Corp hosted. No, yeah. If you look at the article, I'm pretty sure it says that they that they were the ones who who held that one. I um, I can't check because I'm recording. It says right here, this isn't the first tournament run by PUBG Corp. The event called the Gamescom Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Invitational only had a $350,000 prize pool. It took place in Germany in August of last year, drawing participants such as Cloud9, Team Liquid, Team Solomid, and Luminosity Gaming. So, yeah, this is this is their second tournament. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm just interested to see how this is going to go because, like, I feel like the narrative around PUBG has definitely shifted in yes. tone. You know, like, it's not... We used to talk about it, like, every week, and now it's kind of like, I don't even remember the last time we talked about it, and um, Fortnite has really, like, stolen a lot of that thunder. Yeah. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers are like on this, like, if people are really interested anymore. Well, I mean, people are still interested, I just don't think in the levels that they were. I mean, it, it, the game's still, it's not it's not down on the H1Z1 scale, you know, it's sure. not down there. Yeah, it's obviously still performing well. But... Um, but I guess I mean, like, is there a passion enough that people are going to want to watch it as an esport? I'm sure that there is a crowd that is like, this is my game. And they're like, look at Fortnite and they scoff vehemently. And, the you know, they, they say like, <laughs> ah, a game for babies, you know, and they like will never touch it. But two things. One, according to PUBG's official website, it is, in fact, the first major PUBG esport tournament officially hosted by PUBG Corp. Secondly, uh, when it comes to like, there's a reason why orgs don't have like. Some of them do, but a lot of them have Battle Royale teams, and they don't necessarily have, like, PUBG teams or H1Z1 teams. I think this is exactly why, because no one knows what the king 
Battle Royale is going to be right now. So, you know, sure. just cast a wide net and see what happens. Like, yeah, sure, you're going to get into a little bit of trouble when it comes to, like, f- squads versus fours or fives versus fours or whatever. But, like, that's just rotating your roster. That's really not anything major. Uh, So, yeah, I, like, there, there's a reason why, like, I think Cloud9 specifically has a Battle Royale team. Or at least they did. I know that they absolutely did. Where it just kind of, like, yeah, just play all the Battle Royales and then come back to us when you're done. Uh, mm, okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll just have to see on the, how this one goes. Um, any final thoughts on this before we move on? Hype. All right. Uh, okay, so in a genius move, Microsoft has partnered with Discord to bring the popular chat app to Xbox. Uh, so here's a quote from the Microsoft blog post where they announced this. Uh, they said, in response to your feedback, you will now have the option to link your Discord account to your Xbox account, making it easier than ever to see what your friends are playing. If you are playing Sea of Thieves on your Xbox, you can now choose to give your Discord friends the ability to see and decide that they want to hop on their Xbox and join you. So, uh, so yeah, uh, it sounds like they're going to be rolling this out to, like, test, uh, they have, like, that preferred program where they let people test stuff out, and that's going to be rolling out in the next couple weeks, it sounds like. Uh, but they said soon Xbox users, you know, will be, or I'm sorry, they didn't say this. These are my words. They said that. And um, that they're going to be able to, in the next couple weeks to months, uh, link their Xbox Live account to Discord directly from either their Xbox One or their Discord account proper. And it's going to work very similarly to, like, hooking up a social media account to your Xbox. And um, you'll just be able to kind of, like, show what you're playing, connect with people. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting was the not the blog post or anything else I've read has said anything specifically about, like, how voice chat features are going to work or, like, the actual in-app messaging. Like, if you install that, is it going to become, like, are you going to have to log in to do it? Like, is it a thing that you can use, like, a voice chat in the background similar to the Xbox Live chat that already exists? That's not totally clear yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I imagine we'll get a, a clearer answer very soonly. Very soonly, very quickly. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Having a fucking bang up, bang up How show How soonly are we talking, Pete? <laughs> uh, so I, I would imagine fairly soonly. Uh, so what do you guys think about this? I, th- I think this is a really interesting move. Yeah. It's a good it, move. Yeah. Everybody should do it. Yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, what's up, Nintendo? What's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> your voice chat sucks. Get Discord on your fucking thing. Get it on the Switch. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, especially when Nintendo like makes you use the phone app for that's bullshit. It's like I could literally just use Discord on my phone, and it's like don't make it native. That's fine. Make me have to download it. Make me go that extra mile and prove that I'm an adult who can use Discord. It's fine, but just do it. Yeah, as like for Sony, it's like that'd be cool, but I I was just like just whatever. You can do whatever you want. They don't doesn't matter. Yeah. Sony doesn't have to fucking worry about that shit. They sold. They just wait. They just announced that they moved seventy nine million PlayStation fours. So. Think they're fine. Yeah, can't I, I, beat that. I, mean, I think this is you know this is cool. Uh, I don't really. It, it, it's not. It's not. There's not much to say to this. It's like great Xbox, you yeah. know, Discord, whatever. It seems like a like a thing that you know. It's just one of those common sense things. Like cool, just like having yeah. Netflix available on your on your device, you know, which is a thing that yeah, it's just it's looks it's, at Nintendo right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Andy. Or Twitch. While we're on that subject, can or someone Switch. please get Twitch on their... I guess that's more actually like Roku and, and Fire Stick and all that jazz, but like, ease of use is I mean, really... Twitch, re- is on, um, Twitch is on PlayStation. They've got the app. Thank God. So does the, the X-Bone. Yeah, because they're fucking... They got Mixer or whatever the fuck. Lol. Um, the, yeah. 
but yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, Sean. I, I just think it's interesting, and like I wanted to include it because it's. I think it's cool that Xbox is the first one to do it, and it's just like seems like the latest in a long line of like Xbox's, you know, f- or I should say Phil Spencer's apology tour of like here's all these pro consumer moves. Stick with Xbox, we love you, and it's just like yeah, good for you guys. It's like I, I hope this sets a precedent because this is a dope, dope idea. I think. Um, and anything that can, like, make it easier to talk to your friends across multiple platforms is, like, you know, that's something that, like, when I was, like, playing Monster Hunter a lot earlier this year, like, I was in a Discord chat with my friends who were playing on PlayStation and my friends who were playing PC at the time, and the PlayStation guys were like, why are we on Discord? And it's like, because I want to talk to our other friends. Yeah, we were having, like, <laughs> eight of us in one room, and it was actually becoming, like, a Discord. Whoa. Yep. Yeah, Crazy. exactly. A discourse so, yeah, on Discord. You know. Boo. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think I think this is I think this is a good move. Hopefully, it works out for him. Uh, so moving right along, um, Belgium has ruled that loot boxes are gambling and is taking action against major publishers. Uh, so I'm going to read from Dustin Steiner's piece on this over on Unicorn.com. Uh, I thought he did a, he did a good write up. Right, I was like, I've never heard of Unicorn before, but I was like, this is a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty it's good. It's a name. great name. Uh, and he did he did a nice a nice tight little write up here that I'm just going to read for you guys. So shout outs to Dustin. And we'll link down below. You can go check out the rest of it. I'm going to, you know, pick and choose here. Uh, So Blizzard, EA, and Valve could face serious fines, prison time, and the complete banning of their titles that feature loot boxes in Belgium. This is the latest in a series of moves from governments around the world. Following the release of Star Wars Battlefront 2, loot boxes became an issue of debate, especially as the game originally featured pay-to-win loot boxes. This caused governments to begin to classify loot boxes as gambling, even for those that only offered cosmetic incentives, as in the case of FIFA 18, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and Overwatch. The specific and these these are the three specific titles that are being targeted by Belgium right now, um, so that's why they're specifically being called out here. So uh, Bel- Belgium has added on to this fire and declared that all loot boxes are gambling and is moving to classify games with loot boxes as illegal and prohibit their sale within Belgium's borders if changes aren't made. Uh, so then we've got a um, a quote here from uh, Minister Cohen Geens. I would that's my that's my guess on that one. Um, mixing gambling and gaming, especially at a young age, is dangerous for mental health. We have already taken numerous measures to protect minors and adults against the influence of gambling advertising. Then we also have to make sure they are not confronted with the games of chance when they are looking for fun in a video game. Uh, so then I'm just going to read here, um, skipping along a little bit. Uh, a fine of up to 800,000 euros, which is about $975 USD, and a five-year prison sentence could be le- levied, with fines being doubled if a minor was involved in a potential case. So, literally, like, what, all of them? Uh, wait, the wait, commission wait, wait, what, what were the fines again? 975 US dollars, but it'd be 800,000 uh, 800, euros. Okay. And a uh, five-year prison sentence and fines could be doubled if there's a minor okay. mm. Sorry. involved in the case. So, again, doubled, that's like nearly $2 million. Mm. Um, the commission investigated only four titles, the games we mentioned earlier, and assumes that the problem is much larger. Games like Rocket League, League of Legends, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone, and others could be involved when the commission widens its net. So what do you guys think about this? Interesting that it's Overwatch and not League of Legends. But, uh, but it's like, this is like the flying too close to the sun thing. Like, if anything, like, ga- game companies were asking for this by how how some models for some games have been. Um, it's just, like, there were some blatant money grabs, and now they're paying the price for it. But this also, like, kind of goes to show um, 
it's it's complicated where it's like yeah you could have seen this coming and like you should have seen this coming because of just how like aggressive some of the loot box campaigns have been but also like and the backlash right yes i mean especially (laughs) that backlash um it's 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 interesting i don't think aesthetic should be but like game changing mechanics being hidden behind loot boxes should be but like Again, that's a very delicate balance that I don't think governments are are anywhere near equipped to take, uh, to like undertake and like to 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 consider. Um, yeah, and I I think that's interesting because it's a complex issue. Yeah, you know, and I, I think like the the comparison I've I've seen made a lot of people make is that it's similar to uh, like opening a pack of baseball cards. Yeah, right. Like you're not actually gambling because there's no chance that you'll get nothing, so it's not a gamble technically. Um, however, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't think that governments care about the idea of like, oh, it's, it's, the game is pay to win. That's not their problem. Like they see loot boxes, miners, gambling, and like their loose understanding of it is like, they're rushing to try and protect people from being exploited. It's, it's definitely like good intentions, but like, again, because there's a lot of like political government figures that have no idea what the hell they're talking about. This could get dangerous really fast, but like I think the intentions there are really good to help like protect kids and all that jazz, but like it's yeah, it's but, definitely it's a very delicate balance. But ultimately it's like I don't feel bad for the developers because to your point or not maybe not the developers, maybe publishers is, is the the thing to say there, but um I don't feel bad for them because like what you I think what you said is a salient point is that like this this Everyone knew this was coming. Oh yeah, they went way too and, far. Absolutely. Well, I don't. I don't even think that they went too far. I think it's that they knew this was coming and they wanted to make their money while the money was makeable. Fair, fair. And like that's business, you know. And like, I, I don't think that anybody would disagree that you know, uh, publishers that have been profiting off loot boxes and even the ones that you like, right? Like, yeah. they are. They are what they're doing is they're taking us and they're squeezing us until we yelp. And then they're like, oh, we're sorry. And that's that's the relationship we have with them and, and loot boxes is, you know, we gave them an inch and they took 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've continued to speak with our wallets and said that we're okay with that. Yeah. And now yeah. somebody else is stepping in and saying that that maybe that's not okay. And I think there's a conversation to be had there. We've brought it up a lot over the last couple of weeks, you know, so I don't want to belabor the point, but... Um, this is a pretty major development in this, and I'm interested to see where this goes. And are there actually going to be fines levied out? Like, yeah. like where? Because like they can't put anybody in jail over this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like Belgium is not going to fucking be able to take somebody from an American company and put them in prison. Like, it, I don't. It's not going to play out that way. But I don't know, Andy. I'm interested to hear. Like, what do you, what do you think about specifically like the terms of this? Even like, um, I think the jail time is what. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's that's largely how I feel. Mm. Um, but I I could see fines. I could really like. Let's see. Yeah, I like. I could see companies being okay with a a two million dollar fine, or we just end up with like a special Belgian versions of games, like sure. Like Germany's kind of like how violence is for restrictions like and, all that. and sorry, kind of like how talk over each other sorry, guys. kind of uh, how like censorship is for like gore and all that jazz in other countries, like, like something Australia. very similar. Uh, yeah, like uh, Germany in particular um, doesn't 
like has different classifications of uh, like art and entertainment. And so like you're not allowed to use Nazi imagery in video games in Germany. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that actually. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a thing. I know, uh, like, Thompson brought up Australia. There's an interesting wrinkle there where, like, like drugs aren't allowed to be shown. So, like, in Bioshock, like, you don't have the, like, there's a Australian version of Do Bioshock. Do you just not inject the plasmids? Yeah, you don't, like, inject yourself with a hypodermic needle. It's some other bullshit. You know? And, like, in um, Fallout, like, you know, there's, like, meds that you take. Stim like, packs. Anti-rads and stuff like that. Stim packs. Like, they yeah. just don't look like medical supplies. Hmm. Yeah, stim packs are just a yeah. giant needle you stab into yourself and... and they don't look like that. I remember when Left 4 Dead like came out originally, like, ages ago. The first Left 4 Dead. And uh, this was when, like, I first heard about Australia having, like, really crazy... Could you not find pills here? No, First yeah, of you all, don't. you cannot find pills. And second of all, there was not a single drop of blood in the entire game. So, play Left 4 Dead without a single drop of blood. That's kind of weird, right? You know how they dismember and, and all that? Nah, it just fell over. Everyone just fell yeah, over. That's weird. And no pills here, so... Hmm. So, um... I, I really I, I really don't agree with what you were saying earlier, Pete. I think that uh, with what? Yeah, I was I was gonna get into it. Uh, I th- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that loot boxes are something that people elect to enjoy or not enjoy, and that it's up yeah. to the individual to determine for themselves where they're at with that. You know, no one is forcing you to buy loot boxes i play heroes of the storm almost every day and i've never purchased one loot box uh it's something that's there it's an extra added bonus for playing the game as i would normally and i i'm able to enjoy it in that way and if you can't do that if you're not like if you don't have self-control you shouldn't engage with it like i don't gamble because i don't think that i would handle it well and if you don't have that ability to say no to yourself, that's your own problem. Uh, I, I, I don't see how loot boxes are any different than Pokemon cards. I know a kid whose dad used to buy him boxes and boxes of Pokemon cards because he was obsessed with opening packs. How is that different? Where was the government then? I don't think the government should be intervening in this. It's interesting that you say that, Sean, because the government did actually intervene with baseball cards and then later Pokemon cards and deemed that both of them were totally legal and that there was nothing wrong with them. There you go. So, right. Um, well, that's the thing is, I, uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I agree with that position. Um, I, I think the, the reason I believe that the conversation is worth having is I think in the same way that um, video games give you a warning about like epilepsy, right? Like they don't need to do that. You know, I think if you have epilepsy, like, that's a thing of just, like, hey, like, maybe video games are dangerous for you. But, like, they put it there. And I feel like having some kind of acknowledgement of, hey, uh, there's this system in this game that's, you know, um, akin to gambling, if you want to say that. I don't necessarily agree with that. But is this pack system where you're going to, where you have the option of spending real money and maybe not getting what you want, I think that's reasonable. You know, I think that's a reasonable request. But the a government getting involved and, like, levying out $2 million fines and stuff like that is insane. I mean, if, if you want to put in, like, a like a this game contains, like, I think um, on the iTunes store or whatever, it says this yes. this contains in-app purchases. You know, if that's if that's what you need to do, then fine. I don't, I like, I would just do it. I, if I were a, a publisher, I would do it 
just to get just to just to get them out of my hair. You know, it doesn't just change the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the same game. But we all know what these games are. So I just, I don't know where, I don't know who these people are that need saving. Children have parents. And if the parents aren't involved, then that's the parents' fault, not the developer or the publisher. Yep. I, agree. I mean, I I don't think it's going to get to the point of, like, active regulation. But I think that, like, somebody needed to fire a warning shot and push back. That's um, fair. I I think that like if if this kind of stuff is on the table, I think developers will maybe be a little bit less predatory with their loot boxes. But how are they predatory? So sorry, I, I my think... mouth is f- real fucking dry. No, um things like um th- like, they don't give you that preface going in of, like, you know, this has loot boxes that, you know, you can buy with real money, yada, da 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 uh, Not telling you the odds of things of, like, this is your chance of getting X, Y, or Z drop. Um, the, yeah, like, I think a good example with Overwatch, right? Like, they always yeah. advertise, here's all the new skins. Don't you want to be a part of this event? That's so exciting. The chance of you getting those skins are slim to none. Unless you spend a ton of money, and like that's I, did, I that's totally predatory. disagree with that. How? Because I, like Heroes of the Storm, it's a very similar game. They have their little you know events and stuff, and they say here, yeah. here's all the cool stuff you can get. And I've always come away with stuff that I wanted. Not everything that Heroes I wanted. Heroes system is but... just better than Overwatch's though. Like, I... It's way it's way more fair. I would like, I mean, at least in my experience with with like loot boxes in in overwatch because i've played quite a bit um yeah i would argue that like i think it's fair um i don't have the hanzo business skin yet which really sucks which reminds me i gotta play overwatch after this but uh also uh there's like a couple of like you generally get like at least one legendary per event um and i don't think i've paid for a loot box i think i've done one like big like loot box like thing for like, I think it was like 20 bucks or something just because it was like, eh, sure. I want to do the thing. And it was, I think, the anniversary event or something. Um, and like, that's the only time I've been like, yeah, I'll pay for loot box. And it was more of like, I feel like splurging, not I really want to get yeah. this skin. Um, well, and it's like anecdotal, but in my experience, like I've, I, I like my main is May. Yeah. And I've, I have unlocked one skin for her ever. Oof. Ever. Feels bad, man. And w- with legendary skins, I, for every event, for the first two years of Overwatch, I would log in, I'd play for the entire event, I'd unlock as many loot boxes as I physically could, and I never, ever, ever got any of the actual skins. It was always, here's a fucking other spray you already have, here's this bullshit, here's this bullshit. You don't get pajama? So I get... Nope. Oh. See, I'm sorry, buddy. I... And it's like, and that's my anecdotal experience, yeah. so like, maybe that doesn't mean anything. That, but that feels bad, but that's not predatory. I mean, I think it is How? because if if the because if there's if the one of the ways that they build hype around the game is by incentivizing the release of new content to ask you to come back and play more and unlock it, the goal is to get you to spend money on the loot boxes. And I don't think that that's like a, inherently a problem. But the fact that like Overwatch doesn't have any alternative system to buy currency where I could buy the one thing I want instead of rolling the dice or instead of um, you know 
investing in an inordinate amount of time to still get nothing, uh, that sucks. Like, and, and you're right. It, it is that just that it feels shitty. But like that, I think that is predatory where if like you are putting a situation where I can't n- like with League of Legends, right? If they put out a new skin and I want it, I can pay $10 for it and get it. And I know exactly what I'm getting. And that's the end of the, that's the end of the transaction. Or you can and do it, the crates forever. <laughs> Right, and I think that's fine if you want to give people the option to do that. But I think making that the only way to access items that they're constantly pushing and being like, don't you want this? You know you want this. It's so cool and amazing. It is kind of predatory. And, like, if you're somebody who already has those tendencies, like, Sean, you said, like, you don't gamble because you have those tendencies and you're aware of that in yourself. But if you just want to play Overwatch and you want that skin and that's the only way to get it, you know, it's like, I think it is shitty that you that like the answer there is well you shouldn't play Overwatch if you have any like tendencies or issues with gambling. It's like why? It's a first person shooter. Shouldn't I just be able to play it and not deal with that system if I don't you want don't to? You don't have to. You don't have to get the skin. Like I like the yeah, Pokemon like, company especially with the Pokemon company offers you no way to get cards outside of buying packs. Like you literally can't get them unless you go through some You buy them second hand though. Sorry? You, yeah, you, you can, can buy them go second hand, but that's not something that they endorse. So no, that's, that's, but it's possible because it's a physical item. Their, their perspective is they want you to buy as many packs as possible until you get what you want. And not everybody, like children, are not trading with adults for cards. Parents don't want your kids to do that because adults will prey on you and the parent doesn't know the inherent value of the card, right? We've all been gypped. Right. This is not different than that. The Pokemon company does not want you to do that because they lose money every time you do. Because you would be buying packs otherwise. It's the same thing. And if you don't want to engage with the system, there's nothing that's forcing you to do that. Like I said, I literally play Heroes of the Storm and I never buy anything. I just open the loot box they give me. And if I like what I got, well, then great. If I don't, maybe I reroll, maybe I don't. I just move forward because I'm playing for the game, not for the skins. And that's a personal choice, but I don't see how it's predatory to not offer you a way to get exactly what you want. It's not, it doesn't even make sense for them to do that financially. I mean, you're right because obviously they make a lot more money on loot boxes, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think that like seeing all the systems where that is the case, I don't think it's like that they would, you know, like, yeah, you're right. They'd probably make less money. But I mean, like, especially instead of a billion dollars, they'd make half a million. Oh no! Well, who are we? Especially to say? over, especially Overwatch's level curve, where it's like the first four games you play, it's dumping loot boxes on you, and then they space those out farther and farther. Yep, it's like every like, other. Those game. are all things that are funneling you towards that end. But you know, I think we we've talked enough about it. Like you know, I think it's it's a complex issue, and that's why people are so divided on it. And it's going to be interesting to see where it shakes out and uh, what this ultimately means for the conversation and how it develops from here. All right. So hopefully that's the last time we talk about loot boxes for a while. No. Uh, So moving right along. uh, (laughs) 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 We're going to jump into our Nintendo Rock Block uh, starting off with the extremely interesting news that in its first year, the Nintendo Switch has sold nearly 18 million units. Holy shit. That is a huge number. 
That is a lot of switches. Eight. That is way more switches than the last time we discussed the number. Looks like they switched it up. All right, continue. <laughs> I like that one. That was good. Thanks. That was good, Peggy, from Memes- Memesville. Thank you. Uh, so just, you know, there's not too much to say about this one. came out during uh, Nintendo's um, annual fiscal report, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But uh, it's obviously a great number for them. And um, for comparison's sake, the Wii U's lifetime sales uh, totaled at just under 14 million, 13.56. And even the GameCube at its lifetime, which GameCube, everybody remembers the GameCube very fondly, 21 million units sold. By next year, we'll be done with that. We'll be, we'll, that'll be, we'll look at that in the rearview mirror with the Switch. So that's great. It's great news for Nintendo, great news for the Switch, uh, great news for Switch owners, and um, yeah, just good, good, fucking go Nintendo. Uh, so, moving right along, Nintendo's president, Tatsumi Kimishima, will be stepping down from the company in June, uh, once the shareholders approve and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the company's already chosen his successor, which is going to be Shintaro Furukawa, who is the head of Nintendo's global marketing department and uh, has been with Nintendo since 1994. So he's, he's, he's been around for a long time. Uh, he also currently serves as the Pokemon Company's outside director, which he's kind of like Nintendo's rep for, for um, Pokemon, basically. And then uh, he's also the managing executive offer for, officer for Nintendo. So he's hugely important in the company. He's been around for forever. He's held a lot of different significant uh, leadership roles in the company. So seems like he's a great pick. Uh, also very interesting is that he's much, much younger, uh, which is a good thing. You know, um, like similar to like Awada, who like took the role when he was like 40, which was super young. Um, the current president, uh, Kimishima, he's in his, he's like 68, you know, so... Um, this is obviously somebody who's been with the company for a long time, but somebody who also has the ability to be with the company for a long time to come. So that's a good thing. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, um, not too much more to say about this one, but I did just want to give a shout out to Kimishima. Uh, you know, his, his time running the company was pretty short. You know, he, he picked up um, where uh, Satoru Iwata left off after his tragic passing and, um, you know, I think he'll be remembered fondly for, for what he achieved here. You know, he took Nintendo at a time where they were really in a nosedive and was able to pull up the plane and hand the reins off to the next generation. So, uh, good work and, uh, well-deserved rest. Hope he enjoys his retirement. Yeah, he, he, you know, steadied the ship and, like, was at the helm for a great time for Nintendo. What if the shareholders yeah. say no? Like, what if they were just like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> Keep yeah. working. No, not approved. Yeah. You can't You're see your family. You fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, he'll probably still step down. It's not like <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, I know, him. but I really like, I really like the, the imagery of him showing him. It's like, right, it's time for retirement. And the entire board is there. It's like, you thought. <laughs> not a fucking chance. Not today. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, moving right along, um, this is something that I'm sure will make Andy very happy. Uh, during the fiscal earnings report, we learned that Nintendo has plans for the 3DS well into 2019 and beyond, which is just like, what? Like, okay. Interesting. Okay, so we just hit that 18 million number for Switches, um, which is great, but there's still 73 million 3DS systems in the wild. Yeah. It's true. It's... It's just crazy. It's it is crazy to think that like we're still that it's that the, the switch is this successful right now, and they're just like yeah, but I mean we can also keep printing money on the 3ds, and people are still buying it for some reason. So like, Ugh. okay, great. Because like, 
uh, 3ds is less than half of what the switch costs like mm. oh yeah i have you know say i have three kids and they want nintendos for christmas i can get them all one switch or i can get them each their own 3ds for a switch and yeah, a half and it has a it has a huge library too where you can just buy yeah. all these old games for cheap so i also want to yep, point yep, out yep. I have not touched my Switch since getting Moon, so, like, I'm actually really excited. Nope. I have not touched my 3DS since getting Moon. There you go. So, like, I'm actually really excited for this, because I thought I was just kind of, like, wasted a lot of money, but, like, now that I'm hearing that, like, oh, no, they're still they're still doing stuff for at least a year, uh, is yeah. is encouraging. Yo, Luigi's Mansion next month. Ooh, Hell okay. You. All right. Not next month. I thought next it was month. May. Oh, my God. Is it in May? It's gonna be I, May. I <laughs> thought they were like, oh. Luigi's Mansion comes out in May. You might be right. It's gonna be weed. I just said, uh, go on. I know, I built on your fucking joke. It's called My fucking joke. improv. My Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this came from Wario64. He's posted a screenshot of it that's got a little bit of, of details here. And uh, I'll just give you the information. So um, it's the graphic says, uh, you know, the plan is to continue business backed by scale of market uptake and ample software lineup. So ample software lineup. So it seems like we're going to too. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so they said, we're going to continue the Nintendo 3DS business by leveraging its installed base and rich software library. We believe it is important to leverage the rich library of the Nintendo 3DS series titles to drive sales with existing Nintendo 3DS owners, as well as with consumers who have recently purchased the Nintendo 3DS hardware, Peggy, and are investigating strategies for doing so. Uh, in addition to the titles currently on sale, we have announced the coming release of the titles shown here, which includes Dead Heat Breakers, uh, Sushi Striker... Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, uh, WarioWare Gold, Luigi's Mansion, and Mario and Luigi... I forget, but it's the new Mario and Luigi. Uh, it's uh, it's the Bowser's game. Inside Story remake, right? Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. I just like can't read the graphic because it's super small. Um, yeah, so I mean... I don't know, man. If you're a 3DS owner, there's there's shit to come. So, be hype. still has like six games in the pipe. Right, yeah. There's like a lot to play on the 3DS in the next couple of years. So if you're, you know, for whatever reason, still bopping around on it or, you know, you haven't gotten a Switch or whatever, and yeah, there's going to be stuff to do. So we, be hype. We confirmed that Pokemon's not going to be on it, though, right? Ace Gen will not be, no. Right, it's going to okay. be on Switch. That doesn't mean that there won't be another 3DS Pokemon game, though, necessarily, because I'm still wondering, like, I don't know if Pokemon's actually going to come out in 2018. If it does, then that's it. We'll never see another one on the 3DS, I would imagine. But if we find out it's not, like, until a 2018 or 19 game, and they're like, oh, by the way, here's the Gen 4 remakes on 3DS and the Sun Moon Engine, I wouldn't be surprised by that. So, but my guess is no. Gotcha. Uh, so, we also learned plans for Nintendo's next mobile game, but it's not quite what you would expect. Uh, Dragalia Lost is an original RPG being developed by Nintendo with their new partner, Psy Games. Uh, so, they just recently bought 5% of their stock. Um, so they've, they've got some vested interest in Psy Games. Uh, Psy Games is known for their Japanese mobile game, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy, which is apparently a big hit over on the East. Um, so the game's going to release this summer in Japan before coming to the States later this year. And, uh, you know, based on the game's website and trailer and everything, it's, it's all in Japanese, so we can't really know what it's about, but it seems like it's pretty story-driven. Uh, we've got warriors, we've got magical creatures, there's dragons, there's crystals, it's, you know, very standard rpg kind of shit uh but coming from this developer it's pretty interesting and you know their their pedigree for making like real rpgs on mobile platforms uh partnered with nintendo is pretty interesting uh so what do you what do you guys think about this what's your take on this um nintendo's forays into the mobile realm have been 
pretty successful, specifically in um, in the gacha sense, which I know Grand Blue Fantasy is, and this will probably be too. Sure. Um, where fire Do you want to just clarify what that is? Yeah, yeah. It's um, So that's the Japanese word for the capsule machines that you'd put a couple quarters into and get like a little toy. Right. Um, it's what Fire Emblem Heroes is, where you, you know, put orbs in and you get a hero. And since Nintendo's gone into that realm, Fire Emblem Heroes for Android and iOS has been more profitable than the rest of the Fire Emblem series combined. Wait, really? Yep. That's incredible. <laughs> I knew that game made money, but that's nuts. It made bank. Yeah. It's still making bank. Five-star bank, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I think you're probably right there. That There will probably be a similar system, right? Yep. Yeah, you can earn whatever at a slower rate. You can buy your characters or summons or whatever drops you're going to get. If you want to go at a faster rate, you'll have an energy meter that you can pay money to refill. It'll be a mobile game. And it'll probably make money. Yeah. Yep. It's interesting, though. The idea of it being, like, an actual RPG that, like, has a story and is, like, you know, like a more, like, game game, you know, yeah. for lack of a better word, yeah. is, like, how does that fit into that? You know, how do you have a, a, a character-driven RPG... Where, like, you don't, you know, where, where there's, like, a gotcha system like that, you know? I mean, isn't that just Fire Emblem? I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, like, that has a story as light you as it is. You have, like, one main character who's consistent, and then everybody else is just kind of, yeah, that's a really good point, Peggy. Yeah, I guess that is kind of how Fire Emblem works. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Cool, cool. Thompson, Sean, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I I think you know I think great for Nintendo. I love to see Nintendo win. We've talked about that many times on this show. Uh, the news about Fire Emblem Heroes being like doing so well is pretty shocking, to be honest. Um, I kind of wrote off Nintendo in the mobile space uh, when I I think it was the Mario Run game. What was that called? Yeah, yeah, Super Mario Super Run. Mario Run, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I, I kind of stopped paying attention to what they were doing after that. Just because I, I perceive it as being such a fail. Um, but it seems like Nintendo can't lose right now. That's what I like to hear. However, we're not talking about the only Nintendo news that's worth talking about. And that's what I'm waiting for. Well, let's let Thompson, yep. you got your two cents to throw in on this one? What, for me? The mobile Oh, game. yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't know you were still talking to him. Um, no, I mean, like, it's 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 a mobile game. I'm probably not going to, like, be, like, you know, all over it. But considering Fire Emblem Heroes was, like, the only game that I really stuck with from... You, like, you were into that game for a while. Yeah, like, I played it every day. Like, that's the only one I've ever done yeah. that with for, like, yeah. any mobile game. Uh, so maybe maybe something to this. Because I, I like RPGs. And, you know, like, there might come a point where, for whatever reason, I'm going to play a game on my phone again. And if... It's, it's Nintendo, so you know it's it seems like the the cards are all yeah, aligned, you know, like it's good. But you yeah, know. I mean, I'll definitely give it a shot, right? Like I'm, I'll I'm, definitely yeah, check it out. I'm I've sure. checked out every one of their mobile games. I'm sure I'll give so. it a shot too. It's just, uh, it's it's cool. I don't normally, you know, even consider mobile games at all. So this is it's it's a lot for me to say. I'll even give it a look, you know. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think it's cool that like obviously because like Sean said, like 
core gamers, like, we want to see Nintendo succeed. So them being like, oh, we're doing this thing. It's like, well, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whereas, like, I don't, okay. you know, there's been so many games, like like Monument Valley, right, is a game that I've heard about a million times over. I don't even know if it's on Android or if I could play it. But I'm just like, whatever, I'm not going to play it. It's a mobile game. You know, and, like, that's me being shitty. Um, <laughs> but, like, Nintendo makes me be like, I'm going to give it a shot because I care about Nintendo and I care about their IP. Um, so the idea of them doing something that's original in this space, like with this partner who's got, you know, success and pedigree here is like, all right, let's fucking see where it goes, man. Uh, all right. So our last two so news that's stories. It, right? are going... like, that's all. That's all we have to worry about. Nothing about OE3 or anything. We just move on from that. Right. Oh, no, no, no. We're just moving right on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about yeah, we're not gonna talk right, cool. Smash. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> I was going to talk about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, all right, fine, fine. All right, we'll talk about Smash. We I know nobody really cares Sean. about Smash except Sean. Yeah, we but... can't see Sean right now, but I'm sure he's glaring. Just yeah, it's fucking... like I don't even play Smash. <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> if I were as bad at Smash as you are, I wouldn't play it either. <laughs> oh, Sean, I don't think we've ever played Smash. No, we haven't. He just I knows. Just had to add in a little bit of savagery. <laughs> I probably I probably should have waited to do a bit where Sean was gonna mean mug the camera for a week where we had his video, yeah. but hey. <laughs> Whatever. I've made a good friend cry playing Smash Brothers. Your good friend I was that. pretty bad then. Yeah, no, he's trash. Yeah, he is. And was really <laughs> mad that I kept beating him as Cloud. <laughs> well, to be fair, Cloud is pretty good. But yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about Nintendo's E3 plans and how they plan to highlight Super Smash Brothers, which is fucking cool. Because, um, man, it makes me think about... I, I'm, I got a lot of thoughts on this one. So uh, I'm just going to pull from the Polygon article here that's linked down below. Uh, it's from Allegra Frank, one of their regular writers. Um, Nintendo revealed the first details about its E3 plans, which largely focus around one intensely anticipated game, Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch. The annual E3 Direct presentation will air on Tuesday, June 12th at... 9 a.m. Pacific time, kicking off the event, um, which will take a look at several upcoming games. Uh, just as Super Mario Odyssey was the primary focus of last year's Direct, Super Smash Brothers for Switch will receive the most screen time during the presentation. Uh, so then they're also going to be doing Treehouse Live, which, you know, if you follow Nintendo 83, you know that's the case. They do the, like, 24-hour fucking stream, basically. Um, they'll probably be showing off a bunch of their 3DS games and a lot of the more minor stuff. We'll see indies. We'll see all that kind of stuff. So that's your, your typical fare. Uh, and then they're also going to have um, the Super Smash Brothers, you know, game available on the show floor for people to check out. So we'll obviously be getting a bunch That's of impressions cool. there. That's going to be the first time that anybody from the press or the general public has been able to play it. Uh, so that's huge. And um, yeah, I mean, I can only imagine how much hype there's going to be around that at that event. Uh, and then they've also talked about how they're going to be doing all of those, um, the esports events, like they're going to be doing the Splatoon Open, they've got the Smash Invitational. If you're interested in that stuff, I link to it down below, you can check it out, we've talked about it in previous episodes, no reason to rehash it. So it's gotta uh, be a new game, right? It's gotta fucking be, dude. Like, it's gotta if it's, be. If it's just a port of Smash 4, people will be mad. Well, and they wouldn't make that their focus. Yeah, I exactly. Can't, I can't imagine them being like, our big E3 Direct, it's just, it's just Smash 4. <laughs> no way. <laughs> You know? <laughs> I mean, I could see Nintendo's yeah, cast actually, doing that. Yeah, actually, no, I can see them doing that because it's Nintendo. There's a small piece of me that knows that they could drop the ball so fucking right. Like, I, I hope they do. I would never put it past because... Nintendo to royally fuck up like yeah, that. Yeah, they could drop the ball so hard. 
It, I hope they do, and it just causes utter chaos on my feed. I want to see things burn if that why you, happens. Why do you hate Sean like that? I am chaotic neutral for a reason, but also <laughs> that's like, not neutral. I get to yes, it is. I can see uh, what's it called. Like I, I also follow a lot of like Smash like professional players as well. Yeah. So like to see their reactions if that happens, ho 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 ho, that'll be interesting. That's a word. It uh, is so terrible. You're chaotic evil. You're a rat bastard. Chaotic you used to be neutral. such a nice girl. She didn't cause <laughs> this problem. She's not the evil. But she's reveling in no, it. No, she's just right, reveling she's in neutral. it. You All can't... right, everybody shut up. I want to hear what Sean has to say. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Uh, so, I, as much as I want to join you guys on the hype train that's about to take off, I really can't because, like Thompson said, I can see a world in which this is literally <laughs> Smash 4 with updated graphics and, like, a couple of new characters. That being said, that would be about the dumbest thing ever in the history of E3. And part of me wants to see that, because that's pretty funny, but... <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> but... <laughs> I expect better from you, the, Sean! The, 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 part of the me other, wants to see it all burn. <laughs> the other part of me... Uh, that loves Smash and that loves Nintendo and wants to see a new game is becoming hopeful against my better judgment that this is a new game. Dude, I feel like it has to be at this point. Like, I I can't fucking imagine a world where they donate the lion's share of their attention for their E3 presentation to a port. What else do they have? Like... Metroid, Best, I, Fire Emblem, yeah, Arnold. like Metroid, like Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's supposed to come is out this Metroid, year. Like Fire Emblem's is this? Is that this year? No, like Metroid, I would say is far right. off. I don't know how much they even have to show. Right. But Fire Emblem's supposed to come out in 2018. But what's what's like, bigger, Smash or Metroid? Or, Smash, um, Fire Smash for sure. Right. So I think any version of Smash that they'd be putting out would be worth talking about in their minds. And I, I just, yeah, I feel like to focus on I it. I feel like they yeah, made, but to like make it their big E3 push. Yeah, I don't know. we'll we'll see, we'll see. Listen, I know I'm ready. It's crazy. I want to be wrong. I want to be so wrong. I want to come on this show on the episode after E3 and say, guys, there's a new Smash, and I want my camera to be working so you can physically see my head explode. Right? I want that. I'm just, <laughs> just like scanners. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not convinced. Sean, I have a question. Hey. Are you gonna are you gonna wait to buy the Switch until like Smash comes out, or are you gonna get it in the summer so you can play like Mario Odyssey and Zelda in the lead up? That's a great question. Here's the answer. I don't believe in this until the game <laughs> is in my hands. Yeah, I was gonna I'm say, not even considering it. It doesn't matter what the E three like thing says, it really doesn't matter for Sean. He's gonna be like, nah, but they could go back to to I almost said Sly Four. Smash Four. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it could totally be a Smash Four remake. They're just they're just like kidding us. I'm not seeing it. Like, I'm hyped, but I'm not getting on the hype train yet, despite it literally saying, like, Smash 5 on the screen. I can September. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, game. man. It's yeah. <laughs> so, like, look, like, I don't, I don't see it. Smash like Melee from... 2. Oh. oh, my God. That would be so fucking ridiculous. Don't even. Uh, <laughs> where I'm at with this is, like, there's, I just feel like there's an overwhelming amount of evidence to point to it being a new game at this point. And, like, I was so on the fence originally, but now it's just, like, 
It's the focus at E3. They haven't actually named it. They keep calling it the unannounced, like, the, the not-yet-titled Smash Brothers game. And the there's, like, there's been enough of a gap where it's just, like, it's not insane to think that it's true. Like, the logo is different. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. I'm trying not to get too excited, but... Listen. I don't know. Everything you just said is accurate. Uh, to top it off, they've never had more than one Smash game on the same console, right? Uh, yeah. That, that That's a huge point as well. And uh, the amount of time that has passed is consistent with the amount of time they usually take to put out a new Smash game. It makes perfect sense. That doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I, like, I, I just imagine you like sending an email to the to, like, dear Nintendo, I am concerned. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. All Nintendo, the evidence please, be damned. Please don't hurt me. Yes. As, as much as I'm convinced that this is a new game, there is a good piece of me that thinks, nah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the scary part. Is like, if we find out it's not, like, I won't be surprised. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. <laughs> where I'm at is it doesn't really matter to me either way like i'd prefer it to be a new game but even if it's a port i'm still gonna like be playing it at midnight on release night i agree this podcast will cease to be fun if this is not a new game just know it now (laughs) it'll be fun for a hot second and then after that it'll go down (laughs) sean will be like levels of salt equal to like all the people that didn't like last jedi where it's just like he'll just bring it up. It'll be like Sly Four. It'll be his it'll Sly be, Four It'll moment. be salt. Just like, brings on it up for no reason because he's getting war flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, right? It'll be it'll be salt like on the Overwatch ladder. That's how badly yeah, this will I, suck. I'm not a salty person in general, so if nope. I get Wait, you're not no if I if if it comes out of me regarding this, it's gonna be bad. So let's just everybody pray that Nintendo does the right thing. Pray to the pray RNG to, pray gods. Pray to the Nintendo gods. Yes. No, no, no! Not RNG. RNG it's the Nintendo, Nintendo guys. Same thing. Oh, oh no! See, this is why you don't understand. You're not paying proper prospects to, uh, respects to the deities. I don't Peggy. need to. It's You're not inviting my game. wrath. Peggy, all right. Yeah. RNG gods implies Nintendo doesn't know what they're doing. When Nintendo makes That's bad decisions, fair. they are consciously making choices to make these. Bad <laughs> they're decisions. stupid like a fox. <laughs> A Star Fox. All right, Carmelita moving on. Fox. Stupid like a fox that would release Star Fox Zero and the Wii U. Uh, moving on. Fuck you, Platinum. I hate you. That's a far I hate cry you from so what we're much. talking about. Hey, speaking of. All right, let's fucking let's move on. Some Andy news. Shadow of the Tomb Raider has dropped its first official play, its first official trailer, and we got some details about the game and its plot. Uh, Andy, what do you think about this? Oh my god, it looks so hype. Um, I really. I've been enjoying this Tomb Raider reboot since 2013. Rise of the Tomb Raider is one of my favorite games. And just like, man, those ancient Mayan like ziggurats and yeah, jungles and shit. That's the setting Tomb Raider was built for. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool. I'm digging Lara Croft as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that whole cinematic trailer is just her fucking hiding in the woods, taking people out like like Batman meets Rambo. Like there's a like a squad of special forces dudes with guns and you don't see her until she's killing the last one. Yeah. That fucking shot where she like hits the guy with the fucking like grappling hook and he's just hanging there. I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> I like um, it. Um I know a lot of people 
are not crazy about how like serious these new games are compared to like quippy Lara from previous Tomb Raider games. Yeah. But I don't know that like when it gets to the end of that trailer and she like saves the kid and he's just as afraid of her as the guys who are about to sacrifice him to the sun. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the first Tomb Raider. I still never got around to Shadow, but... Or not Shadow. Rise. These names are confusing. So I was a uh, I was a massive oh, ahead, fan Sean, of the uh, the 2015 Tomb Raider. I, I, I really, really loved that game. That was one of the... So the second one. Is that the second one? Rise? Uh, there's the 2013 one oh, 2013. where she's on... The, okay, yeah, that was what the was island confusing. in the Pacific. Then there's the 2015 one where she's in Russia. Okay, so you're talking about the, the original, original of the reboot. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. that game was absolutely brilliant. I hated Tomb Raider before. I thought, I thought, um, I didn't like her character design. I didn't like the game. I didn't like the level design. There was nothing about Tomb Raider that Dude, I liked. Same, but, same wavelength here, man. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is where I'm at. And uh, I, I missed the, I guess, the 2015 one. And I think, I, I don't remember why. I thought it was because... Because it was a timed Xbox One exclusive, so nobody played Thank it. Thank you. That's yep. why. Uh, Even though so many people were like, it's one of the best games of the year. Like, it's being criminally underplayed. It was just, its moment came and went. But but I, I'm ready to go back to that world, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just hope other people are. That's my concern, you know? Um like I, I I I'm very 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 nervous about this game's release window. People ended up playing um, Rise of the Tomb Raider after the Xbox fiasco. Yeah. Um, where like it ended up selling like between seven and eight million copies, um, despite selling like three hundred thousand its first month. What? And like yeah. most of those were on PlayStation, wow. right? Yeah, like PlayStation and PC were big big, big markets for it. Yeah, like it, it definitely found legs later on. I think with like there's lots of good sales on it. Like it, it, it definitely like it seems like it did well overall. You can so like sure. pretty frequently pick up the like 20th anniversary edition, like which is bucks. basically the game of the year for like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's 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 good. Uh, I I'm just concerned, man. Like I'm I'm really worried it's gonna get lost in the shuffle because it's coming out against mm. Spider Man and Red Dead. Oh, I mean God. this is it's not good. This is anecdotal. Um, but I've seen it like it's different enough from Spider Man that I think they won't be stepping on each other's feet too much. I'm just worried about like can you can we really have three big open world games come out? in the span of two months oh. and everyone's going to play all of them. And like shadow of the Tomb Raider doesn't really look that open world. Um, I guess that's like, true too. They're like a little bit more yeah, tight, like, right? Like, like neither like, of the like last regions. two were, they were more like Metroidvania y than open world. Like they both had that like hunting crafting system that nobody ever used. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I liked it. I loved it, man. I liked yeah. it too. Yeah. I both of them I spent like more time on the tutorial for like track this deer and kill it with an arrow for never tracking another deer or killing it with an arrow again um but like it they were fairly linear with like occasionally you'd get to the like the hub and it'd be like you can go off and do like these little side quests for people if you want right and then you'd go right back into the story for another like four hour linear stretch that makes sense 
I, I don't know, man. Like, I just, uh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, the games it's coming out against are really a big deal, and that's, like, what I'm afraid about. Because, like, Tomb Raider's got an audience, but it's, like, it's not a huge game. Like, 8 million units is good, but it's not, it's not great. And, you know, like, Red Dead is going to suck all the oxygen out of the fucking room. You know, like fucking Call of Duty isn't even releasing the same month it usually does, you know? Uh, so it's like, I don't think anything can compete against Red Dead except for like Pokemon or Smash. And with Spider-Man, it's like, Spider-Man's new and people are hype about it and it's Insomniac and I just, I'm worried. I'm really worried about Tomb Raider, man. I don't, I don't want to like uh, artificially elongate this conversation, but I do want to point out that Part of the reason why the last Tomb Raider game didn't do well is because of what Andy said, which is that it it, it they they screwed the pooch. I would have I would have bought that game in a second. I was actually really looking forward to it, and then when they announced that, I tuned out. I didn't even know that it ever came out uh, on PlayStation. I actually, until this moment right now, where Andy said that, I thought it just stayed on Xbox and that was it. I didn't know. Oh well. Looking at it right now, um, the $90 Croft Edition is a like a top seller on Steam as a pre-order for a game that comes out in five months. That's crazy. Yep. Um, yeah, so speaking of that, like they announced there's a $90 Croft Edition, there's a $200 Ultimate Edition that's got like a fucking statue and all that kind of bullshit. You know, Both of those will come with the Season Pass, which is going to have uh, seven things they call Paths. Which will be like post-game content that have their own challenge tomb, a story, a new skill, a new outfit, new weapons, and they'll be coming out on a monthly basis. And that's be a co-op introduced, so lots of cool stuff. That's like such a good DLC plan. I like that a lot. I yeah. really like it where it's just like you get a narrative side mission and a challenge tomb, which has been the best part of the like the Tomb Raider games were I think the challenge yeah. tombs. I think doing it on a monthly basis is really smart. Like that worked for them with Hitman, obviously. Like having the the event kills and everything. So yep, yeah, yep, I, yep. Think, I think this sounds really smart. Um, I hope my concerns are misplaced. So uh, moving along for our last story that'll take us into our single uh, our meat and potatoes discussion about single player games is Far Cry Five is currently the best selling game of the year, which I'm nice. super surprised. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that was happening. Yeah, so NPD numbers came out, and uh, it is both the fastest-selling title in the franchise, beating out uh, Far Cry 3, and uh, the best-selling game of 2018 so far. Um, which, granted, 2018 hasn't had a million games out, so, you know, I'm sure that number, that might change. Um, I imagine Red Dead could beat it out pretty easily. But uh, this is this is interesting. This is good news. Good news for Far Cry. Good news for single-player fans. Uh, so I've got a quote here from uh, NPD analyst Matt Piscatella, who said, Far Cry 5 debuts as the top-selling title of March 2018 and instantly becomes the best-selling title of 2018. Far Cry 5 set a new launch month sales record for the Far Cry franchise. The consumer spending, um, oh, with consumers spending on full game sales, nearly doubling that of previous franchise's best, Far Cry 3. So that means they sold twice as many copies already of Far Cry 3, which was Far Cry 3 was a huge, hugely, uh, well, sell a huge success, and it sold very well. Jesus fucking Christ. Pete can talk. Yeah. Uh, and then he continues on and says, Publisher Ubisoft is the leading publisher in both March and 2018 year-to-date, January through March. So, good on Ubisoft, man. They're fucking killing it lately. Um, and yes, yeah, obviously a huge success for Far Cry 5, and, uh, bodes well for the future of them actually making more single-player games. 
Yeah, thank God. So what did you guys think about this? Was, were you guys as surprised as I was? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But then, like, um, but then, like, thinking, like, in context, like, I didn't really think of any other game that was as big in 2018 unless someone can name it literally right now. Yeah. See? Monster Hunter was the only other thing Battle I thought Tech, of. Battletech, yeah. Eh. It's definitely the biggest game of 2018 so far. Oh, my God. Battletech Are we saying that because the mechs are bigger than the cultists? Ooh. <laughs> That's <laughs> all they needed. The entire it's the physically story largest line. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so like, I don't. What do, go ahead, go ahead, Andy. I wasn't super surprised just because, like, that's really the only big AAA game I can think of that's come out so far this year. Sure. And like, if it is still the best-selling game and Ubisoft's still like the biggest publisher in six months, I'll be surprised. I don't think it'll be the best-selling game, but I think it beating out Far Cry by so much is really interesting. Meaning Far Cry you know? Three. Far Cry Three. Thank you. Um, yeah, because Far Cry 3 was a big deal at a time where that kind of game was more the norm. And the fact that Far Cry 5 came out and uh, people showed up for it in such a big way is uh, is surprising to me. There's nothing else to play. Uh, true. I mean, you know, nothing, no, well, no new that's the thing, is like, games to play. Yeah, but it's like, is there ever really nothing else to play? No. <laughs> But you're right. There wasn't any competition. It came out at the right time. It's a, a series that has a lot of good, like, will, and, uh, you know, people like it. So I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I mean, I don't know. also remember, you can pet a dog in it, so, like... Yeah, kind of... <laughs> and a cougar and a bear. Exactly. That's a triple a threat. It had a bear. Yeah, dude, you can get a pet bear that's your sidekick, and his name is Cheeseburger. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Far Cry 5 is so good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's going to take us into our meat and potatoes this week, uh, which is a bit of a, a, a retread on an old topic. Uh, all the way back on episode 26, uh, back in October, you know, we talked about, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of kind of growing concern about the status of AAA single-player games in the industry at that time, you know? Uh, a, a couple high-profile games that year had struggled to find an audience, or even of the past couple years. We talked about Dishonored, we talked about Prey, we talked about, uh, you know, Wolfenstein, um, great games that, you know, all just didn't quite sell as well as you would hope. And, um, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about, is this a problem? You know, are we going to see the death of that kind of game because they don't have the marketability of something like multiplayer or, you know, these games as services that have really kind of cropped up and become a major, major force in the industry now. Um, but a lot has changed since October. Uh, you know, we've seen pushback from consumers about, you know, uh, loot boxes, which have obviously changed some of the way that these conversations have, have evolved. Uh, we've gotten major releases like Far Cry 5, obviously selling better than previous entries in the series at a time where that kind of game was more profitable. Uh, and then we have Peggy <laughs> as a co-host on the show. So I figured might be a good time to reopen this discussion a little bit and, uh, and talk about the state of single player gaming, as it were. And I wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk about a news story that didn't make it to the list uh, last week, which was the rumors about the fact that Call of Duty uh, may be foregoing a first-person uh, single-player experience instead uh, to have a new um, Battle Royale mode. And that's, that's kind of the hot rumor. And, um, you know, that's, that's interesting because that, that's obviously another kind of, uh, you know, bastion of a major company that puts out a single player campaign that you can play in 10 hours going away um 
so I, I, I wanted to use those things, Far Cry and Call of Duty, as kind of a jumping off point to ask you all what your thoughts are about this issue. How do you see single-player gaming right now in 2018? Uh, do you think it's in a healthy spot? Uh, do you think that, you know, all of those concerns that the industry had had back in October were a lot of, you know, smoke for no fire? Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And, uh, Sean, I'd like you to start. Cool. Uh, so, first of all, as it relates to Call of Duty, those single-player campaigns are not awesome. Uh, <laughs> are not great, TM. No, no. And so, I think they know that. Can we that. put that on a shirt? Can we just get, like, Sean with a disapproving face and it just says not awesome? <laughs> like, I mean, we. I think we even talked about it on this show Um that that the campaign this last time was abysmal. I, I believe we talked about it. Um, I think you might be thinking about Battlefront. Nah, because that was the big thing too. Or that the campaign in that was. Because I, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember us talking about the Call of Duty campaign, but I remember talking about the Battlefront Two controversy, where everybody had been so excited for that single player, and then it just sucked. Maybe it was that. But even, in any event, those Call of Duty uh, single player modes are trash, and I think that for me. I stopped looking at those a long, long time ago, and as soon as I opened the box and installed it, I just went into multiplayer. And I think that that's yeah. just what the culture for that is, right? Like, So mm-hmm. introducing a uh, Battle Royale mode and removing the single-player mode makes total sense for that, for that game, that franchise. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about, you know, in a broader sense, where we're at with single-player games, um, I think... I think at that time we had heard about the Star Wars game that had been canceled, right? The um, that yeah, it was, was right around the time that, that uh, Visceral got shut. Yeah, down. that was the big story there, and I think that that created a lot of fear among among gamers, among uh, uh, you know journalists. That fear seems to be unwarranted now because now we've had more announcements. Uh, God of War came out. And that was a success. Far Fucking Cry. God of War came out. Yeah. <laughs> Far Cry's been a success. And we're hearing about more games that are coming out that that look to be really strong. That, that are going to be strong additions into the single player space. I, I, I firmly believe that gamers want single player experiences. And that gamers are capable of having those experiences alongside the other experiences that we have. Like, yeah, I love to play Heroes of the Storm. I love to play World of Warcraft. But I also want the single-player game that I can play when I'm alone, when my friends aren't around, or when I need to do my own thing. I want that to be possible. And I don't think that we've reached the point yet, nor do I think we're we're even near the point where those kind of experiences are going to go away. I think, there's, if anything, we're going to see a resurgence. Just like we're seeing a resurgence now with co-op games. I think we're we're going back into that space, which I couldn't be happier about because that's where I live as a gamer. So I, yeah, I, I can't I, wait. I, I definitely agree with that. Peggy. Yeah, um, I wasn't here for the first conversation, so hot takes, but uh I don't think it's the I don't think it's the death of single player. I think it's the death of unnecessary single player. And Call of Duty is really the main the main topic on that one. We're like outside of the press F to pay respects meme. That's really the only good that Call of Duty single player has ever done in its life. Um, and while like, your multiplayer is downloading, like all the maps are downloading when you first get the game, that's the only time I jumped into single player. Um, 
So, like, I like the idea that people are starting to invest in what they're good at and not just throwing stuff at a game because they think that it's standard. Um, I really, really support the idea of Call of Duty not having a single player because no one cares. No one cares. Um, well, not no one, but not a significant like, number of people. Because, like, there's a lot of outrage about it. Because there are people that like the Call of Duty single player, and I don't know I don't know why, okay, but rephrase. there are. I don't care. Exist. And I know a lot of people also do not care. Um, I think it's most... It's got to save yeah, them a like, ton of money, right. too. Because they and always, so, like... They'd have, yeah. like, one big movie star be, and like... Actors. You know, like, Jon Snow was in yeah. Infinite Warfare, and there was... Kevin Spacey, Bill Murray was in Modern Warfare 2. Kevin yeah. Spacey was in yeah. Advanced Warfare, if I remember correctly. But um, Yeah, I think you're right. But I like the idea of them reinvesting it into their multiplayer, into the things that people are buying the game for. Um, yeah. And not necessarily just throwing it in there because they would think it would seem weird without it. Which, like, I could see, I could see an argument for that where, like, it's really weird to have just a strict multiplayer or at least at the time it was really weird to have just a strict multiplayer game and such a like a such a big name title um and not include at least a little kind of the thing yeah and now now it's a thing (laughs) and now like that's kind of that entire formula what was once standard for years and years and years of having a single player and then a multiplayer uh is is kind of like been blown open because of these battle royales i would argue um so yeah like i'm i'm all for this even before that, like, I, I don't even think Battle Royales are the cause. I think they're just a symptom of, of the fact that the attitudes around those kinds of games have changed. Because, like, MOBAs were the first big, like, wave of that in recent memory, right? Where it's, like, before that, the big multiplayer thing was, like, it was shooters. You know, like, we had that age of F- FPS and, you know, they were the dominant thing in the conversation. And then, like, like League of Legends and Dota kind of blew that open, you know? And, like, I think... Um, Destiny, right, is another one. Like, there's a lot of other games that have come since uh, then that have really shifted the way we think about games, mm. you know, and like, and what, you know, what we expect out of certain kinds of experiences. Yeah. And like, I don't know if this rumor was confirmed as well, but I've also heard that, like, as a pre order bonus, um, the same way you could get the original Modern Warfare, uh, I think last year. Uh, they're going to do a remaster of the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. And it's just the campaign, And it's right? just the campaign. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, if you really want that. If you really want the single player, you can play, you know, Modern Warfare 2, do no Russian in 4K. Which is interesting. So I, 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 it's, 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 I think this is a really... It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Like, what the general community's reaction to it is, you know? Because I think this really could be a, a, a huge shift in... Um, you know, for this kind of, like, experience. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, the thing that Peggy said about, like, unnecessary single player, it reminds me of during the seventh generation of consoles where multiplayer was becoming more relevant, and you saw every single player game was like, we need to have a multiplayer. Yep. And it was a bad idea. Um, and, you know, there's a couple that were fine. Like, I know, like, The Last of Us's uh, multiplayer eh. was, like, fairly popular. It, um, it was okay. But, like, it had an audience. Yeah, That's, Metal Gear you know, Solid like, 3 online. Right, like whether or not these like, Tomb Raider had one, you know, True. yeah, um, and whether or not they were good. Assassin's Creed used to have a multiplayer, you know, like that was a big thing. That was fun, and, like. Eh, well, was it? Yeah, it was. Um, I never said it was good. I just said it was fun. There's a difference. It was fine, and then that's the thing is, like, I think it was just 
we're we're just seeing a a, a clear divergence between multiplayer and single player more so, mm. which is like probably ultimately a good thing. Yep. Um, but Thompson, you haven't you haven't gotten an award in yet. What do you what do you think about this? Well, I personally don't think that single player single player games are any danger at all. I didn't think they were really in danger before, but I think that they're might be less of an overall amount of them. Maybe if there were half the games were single, maybe there's a third, you know, I, I don't think there's as many, but I think that that's okay because, you know, they cuts out the shitty ones really. Uh, I just look at like what I play, uh, you know, per week, just when I want to like get, you know, some time to myself, a couple hours and, you know, Battletech just came out that single player. It's also multiplayer. So that does go both ways, but I was just speaking before on how much I'm impressed with the single player being good, you know, uh, because I, I didn't expect it to be good. So that comes with the assumption that like, yeah, this is a multiplayer game and all that, but it's got that single player, you know, if you want to get to learn how to play the game, surprise, surprise, that's actually fun. So that is, I think what's happening more with these single player experiences that, that, you know, they don't always have to have the tact on single player, like cut, like, Seriously, Call of Duty is a great example. Like I loved it when I was younger um, for the single player because it was pretty. Really, I never played much anything like that before. You know, it was just kind of like run around, fast pace, shoot people in the face. Like you're out of it. You play something like on the flip side, same idea. Um, Bad Company, right? The um, mm, it's story driven campaign. First, yeah, it's it's really actually got a good single player campaign. But hey, it's also got multiplayer, you know, and it's like flip side of the same type of thing. Both, you know, war games, uh, first person shooters, one single player is kind of shit. One's pretty damn good. So it can be done. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, splitting them apart, like doing the the single player only thing is a, it's a bold move, man. Because like, I don't think it necessarily stands on its own 100%. Like, I don't think it's as good to be sold as its own copy. But if you really think you can get away with doing it, I mean, like, shit, dude, if you want to chop the game's price down and just be like here's here's a single player copy of something um that's that's pretty cool i mean that's interesting business model because like i can't imagine how many people have been like we've got this really cool single player game and someone's like well how are we gonna keep people playing if it doesn't have multiplayer and then they're like oh well maybe we'll chuck this in and then eventually the thing just falls apart or vice versa you know they're like we got this multiplayer thing bob it's gotta have single player and they didn't have anything planned and then it just like eh, it never came to be separating them even being like having the same thing like you know saying well there's a multiplayer element to this and a single player element to this but it's the same game i don't think we've ever really seen that before like, i haven't i can't remember anything i've seen like that before well where it's both well selling it as two different games oh okay but it's still the same game you know like here's the single yeah. player disc and here's the multiplayer disc you can buy one or the other or you know not at all if you choose i don't think i've ever seen that done before I, I'm really interested to see like what yeah, that does. I guess you it's know? like it's a little it's a little interesting because it's not like exactly that since it is like the remaster, but the fact that like they are kind of being like you can pre-order it and get that as like a, a bundle thing if you, that's how you want your you know single player experience is you're right like it is kind of I guess an, a pretty unprecedented thing. I mean, just for me, I've never seen I've never seen them do that. You know, um, I, I can't remember anything that has at least. So I'm sure there's something that's done it like that, but I can't remember. And it just makes me think that it opens up, you know, uh, for people who like, I mean, Dead Space 3 comes to mind uh, that it had the co-op put into it because co-op was really the rage at the time, you know? Uh, it was like, that's the cool, everything, every game's got co-op, got to have co-op. And it's like, Dead Space 3 didn't need to have co-op, you know? Uh, but if they wanted to sell me 
the single player Dead Space 3. And then if they wanted to be like, but we can also do the co-op side, you know, like however you want to mix that up, you know what I'm trying to say, but it didn't need it just because it has to have it. We can get rid of the erroneous single player or the erroneous multiplayer if it came, you know, some things don't need everything, you know, sometimes just keeping it tight. And like indie games prove this all the time, you know, sometimes just keeping it tight is good, you know, don't need to have the flashiest graphics to have a great game. Yeah, I mean, it's like a game only has so many resources, right? And it's like you'd rather see it pointed at the part that the developers are like passionate about making, not the thing that they are making because they feel obligated to include it. Yeah, yeah. If they have a, they're sitting on a killer single or multiplayer story or, you know, game or whatever, and they just think it's not doable because they don't have the other side of it. I hope that this will, like, you know, open that up a little bit, you know? I, yeah, that they, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I also think that with how, prevalent dlc is now and i think a lot of developers have gotten a lot better at producing dlc that doesn't feel money grubby uh, but actually adds and enhances the game that increases the viability of producing single player games we just talked about uh shadow of the tomb raider which i think andy had mentioned that he really liked the plan that they had for the dlc maybe he will then plunk down some more money to get that so Go ahead. That's what I do with Far Cry. Right. Like, I, I said how much I liked Far Cry 5 season pass. I bought the season pass day one just because I was like, I really like Far Cry and I'm really interested in this content. I want to support them. Right. And gamers have become a lot more understanding of DLC and a lot more willing to engage with it because, again, it's not, it doesn't feel as cash grabby as it used to. So I think single player games. Uh, have a lot of viability in this space. They're a great alternative, whereas before they used to be the norm. Now they're a great alternative to the multiplayer experience that, frankly, it's easy to get tired of. You know, when you're constantly engaging with these kinds of games all the time, playing something different is fun. And sinking X amount of hours into a single-player personal experience is something that I think people more and more want once again. And it's very cyclical in that sense. Yeah, I think you're totally right. It's like trends come and go in gaming, right? Like, and that's, it's just interesting to me because we're like reaching such an unprecedented time, you know, where like you can look at large swaths of the medium's history and things remained largely the same. Like there, there isn't much difference between the, you know, um, fifth console generation uh, or the like fourth to the sixth right like even like the nes to the to the fucking n64 like the graphics got better you changed the way that we controlled we developed new genres fine but the overall like scope of video games was basically the same and the fact that like there is a world now where so many games can't come out that it's impossible to play everything that comes out in the year unless it's your job and even then it's not um, that is a paradigm shifting thing in that, like, there's, there's so much more access to games now and games are just so much more like whatever game kind of game you like, it's, it's out there if you look for it, you know, and trends come and go. But I think like the idea of really seeing the death of any kind of game is like not realistic because like. I think even with single player, right? Like one of the things I brought up in the conversation we had back in October was I think no matter what, 
Sony would make single-player games. Nintendo would make single-player games because their games don't have to sell as much uh, copies to be profitable because they exist to sell hardware. And that business model makes sense for them. Like, God of War will be a success if it sells 8 million copies, where I said for Tomb Raider, I'm like, oh, that's not so great. Like, it's, it's, it's good, but it needs to make more when it's a multi-platform release that you had to develop for three SKUs. Whereas, and all you're doing is making the money you make on the game. Whereas God of War exists to be like, look how fucking good the PS4 Pro looks. Buy the bundle. Get the game. And, like, they get you coming and going. And that is the thing of, like, I think even saying, like, looking at how single player I think is secure no matter what because of things like that. I think what Sean said is really the salient point is I think as developers, like, as the heat has shifted onto loot boxes... A lot of developers and publishers are really getting season passes and DLC right. And that's how you get the extra money. Like, I spent, like, fucking 80 bucks on Far Cry or whatever, you know, like, or 70 bucks. And uh, they got me that extra 10 or $20. And, you know, like, if, if they can sell enough people on that vision of, like, hey, like, you've got, we've got this great single-player experience for you. You really enjoyed it. When you're done with it in a couple months, we'll have another thing for you to come back and sink your teeth into. We have the arcade mode if you want to keep playing in that other period where there's constantly shit for you to do. That's how I think single-player is, is, survives is that it evolves. And it becomes something that offers you more to do on your own in that, for that $60 price tag rather than finding things for you to do with other people. And granted, Far Cry's got co-op, that's cool, there are other things that expand it, but I think having, like, that sandbox arcade mode where it's just, hey, there's an open mod thing where, like, there's always just gonna be content for you to get into is, like, that makes that game, you can play that game forever. I do wanna... You know, until people lose interest in it, which is, like, how long is that gonna take? I do wanna point out that even with the Game Awards, right, so we had we had Horizon, we had Persona, and we had, like, Zelda, and it's, like, they're all single-player, you know? It's, like... Mario and Cuphead, yeah, too. Yeah, they're all... Yeah. Sing- well, Cuphead, you can co-op, you know, but regardless oh, yeah. i guess mario too it doesn't fucking matter you got what i'm trying to say they're basically single player it's primarily a single <laughs> yeah they're basically player, single yeah. player experiences and that was essentially the game awards for the big ones you know so yeah that's true and looking at this year right what are the games that like we're most excited for they're all single player spider-man red dead redemption uh rise of the tomb raider or no that's right no nope. get those names are no that's the second one shadow, shadow. of the tomb raider fuck those names not great. <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know. Like it, it, it seems like the it seems like the horizon's bright for single player games, and I, I think Sean's right that um, for a couple of years or you know whatever the pendulum kind of swung in the direction of multiplayer gaming, and because it was a big immersion of it, you know we saw all these new genres develop. We got MOBAs, we got battle royales, like we got the the proliferation of esports. You know, like there was an explosion of multiplayer in a way that didn't exist before. And I think that pushed single-player games to a, to the side a little bit. And that, like Sean said, that used to be the default. And now it's just another part of the broader tapestry in the same way that like we talk about indies all the time. And they, they've become that, where they're not just their own thing. They're just part of what we do now. And the industry is just getting bigger and bigger. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I think... I think it's 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 good to see that maybe that, that concern was a little overblown, that that fear that Sean talked about was, you know, just fear. 
So I think that's a good place to wrap it up for episode 53 of the Video Game Pals. If you guys want to write in and let us know what you thought about uh, this conversation or any other episode of the Video Game Pals, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. That's thevideogamepals at gmail.com in case I didn't say the name of our show enough times in the span of those two sentences. You can also follow at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold to keep up to date with all the cool stuff we've got going on here at the Pals Network. And, uh, you know, you can also write into us that way. and uh, Or hit us up in the comments down below if you're over on YouTube or SoundCloud or whenever you're getting the show. If there's a comment section, we'll find it. Uh, if you're on YouTube, remember that you can like the video and subscribe to our channel if you want to check out more of our content. Um, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, if you are a subscriber, please go and click that little bell so that you're actually getting notifications when our videos go up. Um, otherwise, you never know, right? Um, sometimes they don't even show up on the video section of your page right now. So, yeah, you want to go get those notifications if you want to actually be alerted to when the show's going up. Um, you can also get to us on social media. Like I said, we always tweet the show out. So um, before we get out of here, uh, let's get into some plugs. And Peggy, why don't you start us off? Hey, friends, if you want to talk about esports and the sports that are ease, uh, you can, you know, equestrian? Sure, let's go. Uh, my Twitter is Moriah O W. That's M O I R M O I R A I O W. Um, it that stands for Overwatch, but I'm actually charting out finally the the history of the battle royale and just kind of how it's evolved from that Armor Two Armor Three mod into what we're seeing today. Um, that video is going to be up on on Jinx TV's uh, YouTube channel, which should be really really hype. Or at least it should be very soon. Um, as well as a whole bunch of, you know, Fantasy League for Overwatch League and just Overwatch League in general because, yep. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, just talk to me about, like, esports and Defiance. And, hey, if you liked Warehouse 13, I am down to talk about that for ages. <laughs> okay. Sean? <laughs> uh, so, as always, you guys can hear me. On the Comics Pals, which post the day before this, we have a huge, huge announcement. Uh, we are doing a giveaway uh, called Deadpool Cares Package. Marco <laughs> has dipped into his secret stash and found some Deadpool comics. In fact, the entire run of Daniel Way's Deadpool, 10, ten volumes. volumes that we are giving ten away. Volumes of books we're giving away. All you have to do... Can I win this prize? Uh, yeah. No. No? Oh, I was going to say yes. No, no, no. No, you can't be in the company and win it. All no. right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, all you have to do is subscribe I'm to our channel on pals. YouTube. Uh, comment on the Avengers Infinity War review video. Uh, share it with your friends. And uh, that's it. Comment with it with an answer to the question being, what's your favorite moment from the movie? That's all you have to do to enter. And we will choose a winner. And we will announce it live on the show. And uh, we'll get that stuff sent to you because Deadpool cares. Uh, and then, as for me, you can get me on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox, where we can talk about your favorite single player game or Avengers Infinity War. However, you should DM me because Thanos demands your silence. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm I'm also going to start my new campaign, much like I did when we started the Comics Pals. Now that Sean is uh, a social media savvy boy. Let's, I want you to tweet at Sean Soapbox to tell him to get on Instagram. Tell him that you want to see his adventures to Midtown Comics every Wednesday. Um, so let's get that going. Get Sean on, hashtag get Sean on Instagram. All right, Andy. All right. You can find me over at Twitter only at uh, Tiger underscore millions. Definitely hit me up. We'll talk about single player games. We can talk about Infinity War if you want. Um, but I will be spoiler free. I... 
exert no control over you, though, but, like, you're kind of a dick if you spoil the movie for people. Don't be a spoiler. Dumbledore dies. Um, Whoa, Peggy! (laughs) (laughs) You're a piece of shit. Somebody just threw their headphones off and just like... (gasps) They had enough warning, goddamn. Peggy, Fantastic Beasts 2 isn't even out yet. How are you going to just spoil it like that? Are those prequels? I don't know. (laughs) They are prequels. (laughs) Thompson. Oh, and he's done? Okay, well, you can find me at Relic Vampire uh, on Twitter and, you know, talk about pretty much anything. I'm going to be in the Battletech world for a little bit, so, uh, you know, uh, anything relating to mechs is cool right now, but, you know, try to, try to keep it on that. Right, right now, now, you always want to talk about mechs. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to play it cool here, you know, like, I'm, I'm finally... Let's talk about mechs, baby! <laughs> finally getting to... I'll watch Gundam in the back while I read some, some book about robots and then I'll play Battletech on the computer. It'll be a great time. So if you want to join in or talk about that, let me know. Awesome. And if you guys want to get more of me, you can find me at uh, loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch me on all of our other programs. I'm on the Comics Pals with Sean. I'm on our Riverdale Review Show. This week we'll have a friend of the show, Jeremy Rodriguez, back. He's a returning guest on the Riverdale Review, one of our favorites. So it's going to be great to have him back in the booth. Uh, me and Thompson do our weekly Let's Play show, Pals Play. Uh, nothing new came out this week, and it didn't seem like you guys were feeling God of War, so we did some multiplayer shit and yelled at each other quite a bit. Um, so you're going to want to tune into that. I call Thompson some really bad names. Um, I call him a useless piece of shit at a one lot. point. Wow. Not uh, once, multiple times. <laughs> what? <laughs> he really laid into me. Wait, like, important question. Was, was Thompson Ramsey, being a useless okay? piece of shit? What? Was Thompson being a useless piece of shit? Yes. That's then the thing. Completely fair. Thank you, Andy. It was an overcooked. Okay, oh, you can't call oh. me out for what happens when we're in the kitchen. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and then See an idiot uh, sandwich. Yes. <laughs> and then if anything goes right this week, we'll be back on Twitch. Me and Thompson, Twitch.tv/slash The Comics Pals. Yeah, we've been having some technical issues lately. It's been bullshit. Um. But if it if it all goes well, you'll see us there. So please go tune in. Help us. Uh. You know, become Twitch affiliates or whatever. And make some fucking money uh so fucking that's it i'm good see you guys next week it's been the video game pals i love you take care guys